your step. Try this on for size. It's Tastes great. It makes you feel kind of funny. Not here. Not down there. But all up in this area. What the fuck, Jaja? That's not how we start a podcast. We start a podcast by saying hello and welcome to Pop After Dark. I'm Nick, and I'm joined by the Loki to my Thor, Whitey. Yeah, but at what point do you say to yourself, I need to charge my phone? Like, are you a get below 15% kind of guy? Um, iPhones tell you when you get below 20% and yeah, and 10. They remind you at 10 as well. So Uh, 20, uh, depending on what I'm doing, I'll then start charging my phone, otherwise 10. 10, yeah. Yeah. But I try not to let it go drop too far below that. See, I was taking a risk earlier. I got to 1% and I was like, I'm going to charge it. Sometimes I like to do a full charge. And the worst thing is, is when you're at 1% and you're like, okay, I'll just, I'll just mess about on the phone for about two minutes and it will switch off. And yeah. 15 minutes later, you're like, I thought it said 1%. Yeah, you know. What's that about? Yeah. Even so 1% I've been enjoying, it's not. I'm enjoying like the, uh, what is it, like the emergency battery thing where you just switch it to like dark mode. Yeah. And the phone can last like four weeks. <laughs> but then as soon as you switch it back, it's like, oh shit. And it lasts about a half hour. And yeah. then it's dead. Right. We, we, this is going to be um, a pretty interactive show. We're going to have some other people come on as well from the, the network who want to talk right. Endgame. This whole podcast episode is about Endgame again. Um, yeah. But I wanted to call a little bit of you first because I've got two big regrets about Endgame. Well, one should be not seeing it with me. That is the first one. That's and the good. second one is not seeing it in my wife. My wife. Um, I really regret... Who saw it before you? Who saw it before we... Yeah, she saw it before me. Um, and you yeah. saw it before me. Um, yeah. I don't... I, that doesn't concern me. But At least China didn't. What? As, well, that's because she's dead. Yeah, I agree. Um, we take, can we take a minute to think about the rest of the, uh, China? Is that a minute? I can't count. That's really moving. Yeah. yeah. What was uh, her name like? Joanne or something? Uh, Joni Lorna. Laura. Lorna. Oh, Dumb. whatever. Jo- Joni Laura. Laura. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the thing is, uh, as people remember before Pop After Light became its own podcast, we used to do it as an occasional thing. And we got to see um, Infinity War at uh, the, the UK kind of press screening a couple of days in advance, uh, which was actually a year to the day that Endgame launched. Yes. As well, yes. which which was amazing. I didn't realise that until the time. Yeah, hop. nice touch. Yeah. Um, and, and so and we, we podcasted about that after we'd seen it, initial reactions and stuff. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you, we did talk about maybe trying to see it together, but you, you like a midnight screening. I don't like a midnight screening. We don't live Well, yeah, because I, I say... You say that we talked. I sent you a text message saying when we see an endgame and you were like, I'm not going midnight, I'm going Thursday morning. Yeah. Well, it's still it's still a more than reasonable Nine time. I've, I've got I've got Marvel diehard Marvel fans who still haven't seen it. It's been out three days now, people. Come on, get on. Really? It. They're yeah. diehards and they've not seen it. Exactly. See, I'd make plans like people took day off to I see took, it. I took day off. You took the day off? Yeah. You took the day off and you still didn't go out at midnight. Yeah. What? Yeah. Why? Well, originally... You took a day off. So you had, like, all day. When, like, like, no, no, right. So, originally, I was taking half a day off. 
but because of some other things that were going on, I took the whole day off. Right. So I hadn't planned to. The original plan was just for me to take the morning off so I could jump straight back in after work. Um, My soap dish. That's me. But yeah, so um, yeah, I, you know, uh, we've, we've kind of talked a little bit about it. So before we get everyone else on, um, yeah, let, let's I just want to, um, you know, really get your thoughts. Um, you know, how was it? A, a phrase I used to say a lot to people, uh, how was it for you? You know what, like, um, like the whole experience, because obviously seeing it at midnight and I'm buzzing, I didn't finish work till what, n- about nine, maybe a little bit earlier. But I'm the other side of London to where I live, like base there at the moment. So it took me like a while just to get into Romford, uh, where I saw it. And I think like most cinemas, there wasn't just one midnight screen that is that has been the typical norm. Yeah. I think even Infinity War just had one screen in at midnight. Um, I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. With this one, with Endgame, there were six screenings. And that was very much the case for most cinema screenings. Um, yeah. So I've turned up to Romford. And I got there early because I knew there were six cinema screens because I was looking to see which screening I want to see it in, judged on how many people was in there. I wanted to see it with the most amount of people. Right. Um, so it's like, what, f- I think 500 people in this cinema screening. Fine. There's six others. So there's roughly between 2,000, 3,000 people in Romford on a Wednesday night. And it was madness. Like, I've never seen that many people in Romford, especially considering everyone was going to the exact same place, exact same time. Were they, though? Because, I mean, where did you actually see it? Uh, like, Romford View. Okay, so, because, I mean, so everyone's Premier, going like, Premier were also, for the first time ever, doing a midnight screening. Oh, no, for sure. So, like, okay, maybe there's, like, 500 people on the other side of Romford. But this is like the brewery and whatever. And you've never seen such a queue to get on the escalator outside of the Sainsbury's to go up to where the cinema is. Um, and then the queue to get the food. Like, I finally got to find, I got it at half 11. It took about 20, 25 minutes to get to the front. So I'm taking my seat with five minutes to go. I'm walking past queues that are at least 20 people or like 20 couples deep. Jeez. And I'm like, dude, you're going to miss the film. I mean, like, if there's a film not to miss a star of, it's this one. And they were deep, like, and I think when people join a queue, they tend to see it through due to their nationality. So it was a deep queue. Yeah, and I mean, uh, when Lindsay went, um, she texted me and she said, I've never seen so many people in the fire. Um, yeah, I think, I think Cineworld, I mean, obviously, like for you, there was a couple of um, double bill screenings where they, yeah, you, you yeah, watched, yeah, yeah. you went up, half eight or whatever and saw infinity war and then it led into end game um with a with obviously a break in between um yeah and then you had the midnight screenings and i think in total i think there was two maybe three double bills and then yeah. about another four midnights just just single midnight screenings so it, it was she said it was it was busy she was surprised that just, you know she knew there was obviously going to be people going to watch it but she was shocked by how many people were there um, yeah. So she didn't. I think she was gonna. Oh no, she she was queuing up to get a slush, and then they said the slush machine wasn't working. So then she just went, "I'll sod this," and uh, oh, just went without, which was good because it meant she didn't have that uh, issue of needing to go to the loo. Well, see, I queued for the slush, and I got the slush, and also I had a Pepsi with me, 
but I, I held it because I went for the Wii beforehand. I think if yeah. there's any message to get from this non-spoiler part of the podcast, Wii before. Yeah, and from this point on, that's it now. I'm going to play the, the foghorn of spoilers. And <sighs> once that... Oh, no, I've actually got a sound effect. Don't worry, it goes in post-production. Um, oh, really? But that was a good one. Yeah, you're able... Could you do the sounds? Yeah, I could do. But... If I have to, I mean, it's like... No, it's no. Oh man, no, I can't get the right tone. Yeah, it's more like. Are you able to like through the Avengers? Could you at least like put in the Avengers music? Um, not not for this episode. It will be going into the next Diz After Dark though. Why not this one? Uh, because that's what I decided. It's my fucking podcast. Yeah, but come on. Why why you got? Why why you got to put down on this one? I'm not putting down on this one. Can't just put like a little bit. Or at least like a sound bite. Put an Avengers sound bite in. Okay, just for you, I will. Thank you. But I won't tell you what it's going to be. And you All won't, right, you won't nice. listen back, so you won't know. Um, I will listen. I will listen for the sound bite. If nothing else, I'll listen Okay, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so, you know, we won't necessarily get into the real spoilery bits. You might do, I don't know. But I really just want to get uh, like a snapshot headline... Um, your thoughts of this? Did it live up to the the very high bar, the very high expectation we had leading into this from Infinity War? All right, let me try and do it in a sense. I don't think I can, but bear with me. Um, bear grills. The feeling, well, no, come on, you're better than that. Um, <laughs> I, it wasn't like I didn't come out of the cinema buzzing. Or, and obviously not in shock like Infinity War, and I'm sure we'll go into that in detail later. But I didn't come out of the cinema buzzing. But the more I was then thinking about it, the more I was then t- talking about it, and then I'm thinking, man, what a fucking masterpiece. What, what like a perfect ending to, I'd say, almost without doubt, the greatest sequence of movies of a generation. Um, for, yeah, for me it was that. So I didn't have it immediately following the movie. Um, but it's grown since. And I've only seen it once. It's grown since thinking about it nonstop sort of thing. Um, yeah, so that's where I am and was. Similar. Yourself? Yeah, similar. So um, when we left Infinity War, I think we'd already booked tickets, hadn't we, to see Infinity War anyway when it was opening because yes. we didn't know we were definitely seeing an advanced screening. So I knew going out of it that I was going to be seeing it again very quickly. And yeah. in fact, I mean, I saw, we saw Infinity War on the Tuesday. I then saw yeah. it opening day, which was Thursday. And then I saw it again on the Saturday that time with my wife, because she, I, I convinced her she had to go and see this film. And, um, and in, you know, in fact, it was, it was at your house last Easter Sunday that she was like, I'm going to go and see Endgame now. Yeah. Like, until that point, she, like, she didn't want to go and see Captain Marvel. I had to yeah. force her to watch Ant-Man and the Wasp. She's very yeah. finicky when it comes to Marvel. And then all of a sudden, as this kind of frenzy was leading up to Endgame, she suddenly realised, I should actually really get into this. And to the point that she went to see Captain Marvel the morning of uh, Endgame. Honey, proper badass. Yeah, absolutely. And she loved it. So I was really pleased that she did. Um, yeah. But I, you know, when we first saw that that first screening of Infinity War, you know, we was excited because we knew we was going to go back to see it and when we was going to go back to see it. I left, and I know and because of how Cineworld works, I couldn't book another screening of Endgame until after I'd seen it. 
Um, that's right. And that's such a silly policy. It's, it's a ridiculous policy. Um, but I left Endgame and I took the, the, the long walk back home. And I yeah. was thinking to myself, I don't know when I can go and watch this again. Like, yeah. I was so drained from it. Um, yeah. It's it's a cinematic experience like I've I've never known. Um, I would argue that it's not the greatest sequence of films of a generation. I think it's the greatest sequence of films in history. I don't think any film series... The, the only film series that's anywhere near the same length is Bond. And... Yeah, that's yeah, twenty five sure, films over what almost sixty years. They've yeah. not twenty one, twenty two films out in eleven, and with the exception of a couple of duffers, it's been a consistent stream of good films and yeah, some excellent. Um, you, you're not you're not going to get any arguments on this side of the world. Let's put it that way. No, I mean, yeah, it it was just an an experience like I'd I'd never felt. I'd never cried so much. And laughed during the same film. Um, mm. I couldn't breathe by the end of it because I got all bunged up because I didn't have medication with me. It was it was just so many things, and it exceeded the expectations I had for it. I, I mean, I nice. other than a couple of very minor spoilers um, that I knew going into the film. What uh, were the spoilers you knew? Uh, the uh, the the Stark gauntlet and Hulk would wear the Stark gauntlet. And oh, that's, man, because, that's, pretty... that's because oh, that's because they released shit, they released a toy uh, in that they the embargo toys came out about a month early in a couple of Walmart right. stores in America, um, and also some dickhead had, had put a screen grab up about a week ago on a Facebook group that had nothing to do with Marvel or anything. He just knew it was going to piss people off. Um, so, but I mean that, that it was mine. I mean, at the end of the day, I think. As, if you're going to get a spoiler, at least be something like that. Exactly. And something that's, no. you know, you could probably kind of guess would, would happen at some point anyway. So it was fine. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just didn't know where the film was going to take me. We we had our predictions. I got one out of four. Um, it, you know, it, it just, it was an almost religious-like experience for me. It was just... Just, just mind blowing. And I think the, the sad thing is, and the reason why I said about, um, I wish that we'd seen it together, or I wish that the three of us seen it together, is just because of it being such an amazing experience. Every time you watch a film afterwards, even if it has an impact, it's not the same impact that seeing it the first time does. You know, seeing yeah. Infinity War, uh, you know, I think I've seen it about five or six times now. It's still a great film, yeah. but. Yeah. The impacts aren't as strong because you've seen it. You know where it's going to go. Well, now here's the thing, because I, I think the same thing, especially um, perhaps due to the length of uh, Endgame as well, it might like have that sort of feeling because I think it was four times I went to see Infinity War and mm. by the fourth time I was kind of drained by it. Like I definitely didn't need a fifth showing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of drained by it that time. But I spoke to my friend who went for the midnight screening and then saw it again yesterday morning sort of time. Mm-hmm. And she enjoyed it even more second time around and cried even more second time around. Okay. I'll tell you why I didn't cry, uh, but a lot of people did. And that was right at the beginning uh, with with Hawkeye. Now, the reason I didn't is because the yeah. only thing I got told, Lindsay had obviously mm-hmm. threatened to tell me all about the film. Um, <laughs> when I was leaving the house, she said, um, the only thing I'm going to say is take some tissues with you 
and you'll need them right from the start. And I was like, really? okay. So mentally, I was uh, uh, similar oh, to okay. how Loki, you know, we had the Loki sequence in, in Infinity War. I knew yeah. this film was going to start right from the get-go, trying to punch yeah. in the gut. So because because of that, I didn't get uh, as as emotionally invested as a lot of people did with that. Uh, mostly okay. when I, like, you know, that was when they started crying. That wasn't when I started crying, but I think because my expectation was I was going to. Yeah. I just didn't know when else I would. Um and it turned out a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, I, I've obviously always quite famously um um you know said before that films really get me sometimes and I am quite yeah, emotional yeah. when it comes to watching films. So it didn't surprise me that I cried as much as I did, but I still wasn't expecting to be hit in the gut so many times in one film. Man. Alright, cool. Are we gonna get to that when everyone else comes on? Um yeah, yeah. Um yeah, let's let's do that. So um I've got one person Right, I've got you back. Let's add someone else in. Okay, because you hear That's me about what... that because it just went no. quiet. Yeah, I felt like did... Thanos had like clicked his finger, but I'm still here flicking through my TV. Yeah, it was it was um, it was stupid. Uh, let me try that again. If I can find it oh, was I can't find... No, I can't find who I was trying to ring. Who are you trying to ring? Is it Jarvis? Yeah, it's Jarvis. Yeah, that that How was a nice know? little Easter egg, wasn't it? Right, so the thing is, I didn't, um, I didn't watch Agent Carter. Carter, Agent Carter. Okay. So um, apparently, um, the the character, or, or sorry, the the actor that played Jarvis in that that bit of the film hmm. was the same actor who played Jarvis in the Agent Carter TV series. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So yeah, a nice callback. But I I didn't get that reference. That's something I found out afterwards. Um, and we have got someone else on on the show now. Uh, Simon Isbell, who uh, many people know from various appearances on the podcast and his own podcast now as well. Uh, so Simon, welcome. Oh, hello. Thank you for thank you for having me on. No problem at all. Uh, y two is here as well. Hi um, Simon. Hi Y two. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he's like. Um, what by the way, I, like that—that's what he's like. Well, like you're like children's TV presenter, aren't you? You're very overexcited when you meet new people. Um, yeah. Actually, on a side note, um, myself and Craig recorded an episode of his podcast, My Bench Tonight, and he called you one of the funniest people he's ever met, but hasn't met. Oh, he was really singing your praises and also having a go at you for um, not recording a podcast in six months. Well, no, the thing is, he he messaged me actually. He said, uh, "I can't remember what he said. It was it was probably uh, probably in scale." So it was quite sexual. But uh, um, well, yeah, we Craig. Yeah, I said to him, "When are you going to have me on your bench?" So that may happen. <gasps> that is an episode for the ages. If ever I've heard be. one, it would be. Yeah, you should actually go down to his bench. You're local enough. You could do. Well, yeah, because he's in London, right? Well, he's not, but the bench is. It's in Euston Square. So what? Is he, like, got some sort of computerized system set up? Is it CCTV-based? 
It's um, it's actually um, hidden away from the world. So, like, if you stood in a spot, you wouldn't be able to see it until he activated it, and then it would, like, reveal itself. Man, this is a time yeah. to be alive. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's not true, but if anyone listening believes that, that's wonderful. All right. Yeah. I think he's always um, watching everyone, actually. It would not surprise me, Craig, if he didn't have some kind of nanotech that would allow him to do that. Definitely. Um, so we're just at the moment, Simon. We're just kind of talking about, um, you know, having just seen it uh, and, and how we felt and everything like that. Now you saw it yesterday. No, this morning. This morning. Yeah. Oh this god, morning. yes. It's still fresh. It's like I'm trying to. I'm, I'm still trying to uh, correlate when people have seen it because people are seeing it at all hours of the day, all days of the week. Um, so, uh, how was it for you? It was an emotional roller coaster. I can't say any more than that. It was. Phenomenal. It was one of the best yeah. films I've seen, definitely, for the last, at least the last 10 years, anyway. Well, Ryan, I'm not sure if Ryan's going to come on later or not, but um, Ryan I said similar. <laughs> <laughs> he's the anti-you. Or he's the new you, actually. He's replacing you in a lot of places. Okay. Um, but um, Ryan said the same thing. Um, he said it's probably one of the, the best films he's ever seen. And I said back to him, uh, but have you seen King Kong Lives? Which he hasn't. No, um, I haven't seen that either. <laughs> no, it's a curveball. King Kong Lives is one of the worst films yeah. ever made, but it's one of the earliest films I remember watching as a kid and really enjoying. I can obviously see back now it was a massive pile of shit, but um, a lot of people are saying that. A lot of people are not about King Kong Lives, but a lot of people are saying that, you know, this is up there with like some of the greatest films ever. Now, I obviously recorded an episode with, with Ben yesterday, um, and we're going to do spoilers on here as well. I'm, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to have a spoiler in the title. No one should be listening to any podcast that's all about uh, Endgame, um, not expecting to hear at least one spoiler. So, you know, we can spoil things away. Um, but, it, you know... So, it's, so, so, it's, it's... Sorry, before you start, Simon, uh, were yes. you able to avoid spoilers for only seeing it this morning? Good question. Yes, I did. I put uh, 13 or 14 different words on Twitter. I just stayed off uh, Facebook completely. Just Smart. muted, that's, that's muted loads of words. Thanos, any anything to do with the Avengers, just muted all the words, so I never saw any tweet. Except I was a bit naffed off with this, though. Uh, yeah. Twitter was putting support uh, sponsored tweets, which actually had some of the not spoilers, but some of the actual things with Avengers in it. And I thought, well, I've already I've, I've muted Avengers, so why is it showing it? But yeah, nah, I've, I've sent a message to Twitter and wait for them to get back to me, but you know, they never will. I don't think. Nah, they're useless when it comes to getting back to you on stuff. Yeah. I've waited weeks for responses before. But um, no, I mean, the thing is, you know, if you, and you can do this with any film, if you want to sit there and pick it apart and talk about plot holes and this, that, and the other, you can do. And there are people yeah. that will find fault with this film and will moan about it, and that's fine. But I think for those that have been on this journey for, you know, 22 films, and has kind of almost lived and breathed it and everything like that. It, this is one of the greatest examples I think I've ever seen in fan service when it comes to actually achieving a, uh, you know, a conclusion that had that much expectation going into it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, you can tell, from the, obviously, we didn't know from the very start when we, first, when we all watched Iron Man. No one saw what this was going to build up to like 10 years down the line to see everything that you've watched is leading up to this last thing. I didn't see it coming from the 
first couple of films that came out. I don't know if you guys did, but I didn't see this massive build. I wasn't into Marvel as much. I was into the comics, and I know that they always intermingle with different things. But when it comes mm. to the films, I didn't think that these were actual intermingled films. I thought they were just like one-offs at first. And then when a few more kicked in, that's when I realised it started to, get, started to get a little bit more conclusive all the way through. The thing is, we, we touched a little bit on this last night because um, when Marvel set up their film studio, yeah, it was really the last throws of the dice for them. Um, they'd almost been bankrupt a couple of times at this point. Um, they, they'd sold off, obviously, a lot of things, whether that's theme park properties like at Universal um, or rights to things like X-Men and Spider-Man to other film studios because they didn't have, the, the at that time, uh, the money to actually do anything themselves. Yeah. And so this was the last row of dice, and obviously they'd, they'd had an agreement in place with Paramount. They'd already had an existing deal with Universal, and that's why Iron Man was a Paramount film and... The Incredible Hulk was a, a universal release. But, I mean, they did set up in Iron Man, you know, right at that last credit scene with um, with uh, with um, Samuel Fury. Jackson. Yeah. Nick Fury, that's the guy. Um, you know, they were setting that up. Uh, you know, they mentioned, like, you know, setting up this initiative. So the wheels were in motion, but obviously at that time they were hoping that Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk were going to be these big hits, but they couldn't guarantee it. Well, so, they got one right with Iron Man, then they got, got it wrong with Hulk. I mean, I, I've re-watched the Incredible Hulk recently, and, um, I mean, yeah, Edward Norton was not the Bruce Banner that we needed, yeah. um, and, and Tim Roth was definitely not the villain that we deserved, um, <laughs> for, for lots of reasons. The film itself is... It has um, some it has decent bits in it. I think. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't flow as well as Iron Man. I mean, Iron Man was uh, completely unique. Me and Waitu, it was the first premiere that we ever went to together. Yeah, yeah I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it mentions it on most, most podcasts, I believe. <laughs> I'm, I mention it every day of my life. <laughs> but I wonder I, if... if going back in to, or... I wonder if all that those 11 years ago, back at Iron Man, if they knew where the journey would end up, they may not have known the, like the hype and the money and the fan base, but I wonder if they knew um, exactly where they were going to finish um, after all that time. Ben was convinced they are. They they were. I can. I don't believe that for a second. Um, what they were gearing up for was they were hoping they would get to make an Avengers film. Yeah. 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 And I think that's as far as it went. I don't think they had any plans further than that. You know, at, to pardon the pun, their end game at that time was for their, you know, to make a few successful films that would allow them to make the Avengers. And what happened after that was what happened after that. There was no, no kind of even ideas of a phase two, a phase three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, you know, that was all stuff that they those wheels got set in motion once they realized they had something good to go. And also as well, you know, a lot of this, um, whether you people like it or not, is down to like Disney getting involved. Yeah. You know, having Disney buy you out and, you know, secure the deal from Paramount um, and having that, you know, then that money behind you means that you were then able to do the things you wanted to do. If Disney didn't come in and buy Marvel, I don't. I think we'd have 
possibly got to Avengers, and then we'd probably see what you do with films like the, the Spider-Man series or the X-Men series, in that they would have been rebooted a few yeah. years down the line with a new cast. I don't yeah, think we would have got the the whole cinematic universe that we ended up getting without Disney um, doing that deal with Marvel. Yeah, I'll go along with that. Uh, and again, it'll be interesting though, because obviously they had the first Avengers movie and what, there's four in total without thinking too hard. Um, so again, I wonder if the start of the Avengers storyline, if they knew that they'd then end up with going down the gauntlet road. Um, again, like, because you've got to, I guess, look, see how much money you're actually going to make from the movie. Uh, then the future movies, as you mentioned, the Guardian Galaxy, like all of those people could have been left out if they weren't deemed to be successful, like Captain Marvel and Black Panther also. Well, that's it. And, and again, I think, you know, when they when these, these things started to be successful, they then were probably going, right, what can we actually do? Because, you know, for a lot of these uh, comic book characters, um, you know, they, the film rights were tied up elsewhere. Yeah. So they didn't have to look outside. I, I mean, I still remember when they made the announcement and it, they were quite close together of Disney doing Big Hero 6 and um, then making a Guardians of the Galaxy live-action film. I didn't really know that much about either franchise at all. And when I looked into it and found out that there was a talking raccoon and a talking tree, I was like, oh, well, this will be the, the first film that flops at Marvel. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think, had it had it not been under Kevin Feige, that, um, that I'd probably be right with that. I think you needed somebody to steer that ship, and what a what a massive ship to sail! This isn't like Star Wars um, or something like that, where you know you get these films every now and again, or you you get these big breaks be- between trilogies. This is somebody who has masterminded, um, you know, this massive jigsaw, because all of these films interlink. You know, all these films have a connection in some way. Even Captain Marvel, which is probably the most tenuous of those. Mm. Um, it has its place and it has its purpose and it tells a story which leads up to a bigger story. And that is, you know, a, an incredible achievement. Definitely. We'll have to give that guy a medal. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 think, I think Disney will do whatever they can to make sure he stays in charge of Marvel Studios for a long time to mm, come. Definitely. I really do. Um, because, I mean, another thing we were talking about, you know, They've announced or they've said that they are uh, writing Black Panther 2, that they are writing um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, obviously, Volume 3. I I think Doctor Strange 2. Doctor Strange 2 is being written. um, But as far as I know, the only one... There's rumours of a thought of another Thor. But are we we having the new Thor or the old Thor? This is it. I want the new one. Well, I don't even want... After after moaning for months and months and months about the whole James Gunn situation, I don't want Guardians Four. I want Asgard or Guardians yeah. Three even. I want Asgardians of the Galaxy. I want that to be Volume Three. Scrap Volume Three. I just want. Fat, I want that. I, I just want Fat Hulk. Uh, fat, uh, fat, fat Thor. I just want more of yeah. Fat Thor. That's all I want. Uh, superb character. Absolutely superb character. Out um, of interest, did you mention Asgardians of the Galaxy on the previous podcast? I did, but at the same time... <laughs> I, like, I feel like you're going to be dining out on that for a while. <laughs> well, no, hang on. No, because the, the thing is, like, that's that's not me. Like, that's actually good. that's actually a line from the film. 
Oh, is it? Yeah, I can't. I can't take credit for that at all. I wish I could. If I if was I it? could take was credit for it, I'd be making a lot of bunk. Thor did. Really? Yeah, he's like when he's on uh, the. I don't know what the ship is at this point. It was the Milano, wasn't it originally? I can't remember what the second one's called. Um, but when when you see him on that ship, he says, "Ah, as Guardians of the Galaxy." So yeah, it's 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 uh you know I I think it's a uh yeah it's not as I said I wish it was something I wish it was a joke I come up with but absolutely I don't know if that was said purely to um to set up what they're going to do with Volume Three now or if I could be right and they do change the title of it but I think the thing for me is that you know. Yes, Black Panther 2 has been talked about and um, Dot Strange 2 and a Black Widow film is apparently starting production in a couple of months. Right. But they haven't actually officially announced any of this stuff no. except for Guardians Volume 3. So, I mean, you know, are some of these red herrings, are we going to see all of these films? Um, are we still going to get a Black Widow film? I just don't know. But somebody's going to go uh, onto the series that they're doing because I suppose that they are going to be canon as well, aren't they? on the yes. Disney Plus. That's it, exactly. So, you know, I don't I don't know. Well, um just have to wait and see. That's it, exactly. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Um I'm excited. Well, I, to I see guess what, as you say, like it looks like the T T V is moving forward with the Disney Plus. Because I have announced a lot of the T V shows are gonna be hitting there. Like, uh, I, I I can't remember all, but Loki's definitely got one coming, hasn't he? Loki's got one. Uh, the the I mean the absolute worst title oh, for hello. one of these. Hey. hey. <laughs> so we we now have. Well, actually, is it is it just yourself or is is Theo there as well? He is. If you can hear his mic, speak. Hello. Just about. Um, so we we are now joined by Paul and Theo as well from uh, almost as many podcasts as I do. Actually, you already started, have you? <laughs> I haven't. Yep. Yep. We are. We're, we're we're kind of all over the place it's it's what i like to call unorganized chaos excellent and what i'm best doing um so simon isbel is here and also y2 is here hi simon um, hi y2 hi, hello we're just um we're just talking about the what we well kind of what we think might happen with phase four but also the tv series um that they're talking about for disney plus right. um and yeah, we're just talking. Loki's been announced, obviously. The worst title for a TV show I've ever heard in WandaVision, which is the yeah. uh, Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision spin off. Yeah. I think it probably sucks more for us because we're used to Chuckle Vision. Yeah, yeah. That's the vibe I get. Um, I mean, hey, look, you know what? If they're going to do. If because I mean I don't know what I can do with Scarlet Witch and the Vision, but if they're going to turn them into a half-hour slapstick comedy, then I'm fine with that title. To you, but I'm I'm guessing that to me it won't be. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean Loki now. I think they've kind of opened the door with that with this film. Um, in, Are they calling it they Loki's talking too? Oh my god, that would be that would be amazing. I mean that's almost as good as Asgardians of the Galaxy. But you've come up with it, so you know even more impressive. Um, uh, Hawkeye apparently's got a series as well. Oh, nice! Where he's training up a new Hawkeye or something. Oh yeah, I forget, it, I forget who it is. Yeah, 
What I'm what I'm slightly worried about is um, we're wanting to start right back at the beginning and watch stuff in chronological order, and I'm worried about when Captain Marvel's going to be available here. Um, We've just been to see uh, it again today. But. <laughs> I did. I, th- I thought you said that earlier, actually. Yeah. Um, so I believe it comes out in July. Right on to, what though? to purchase? Oh right. Okay. Well, I'll I'll still on streaming. And, yeah, so the uh, so I mean that's that's the question we're still waiting the answer for yeah. because um, the deal. Someone sent me the other day that deal with Sky expires next year. Right, the whole deal with Disney and Sky ends next year, and I think the Marvel films are tied into that. So my guess would be that whether we get Disney Plus launching. Uh, when America gets it, or if we do get it in quarter one, like they suggested of next year, I don't think we're going to get the Marvel films until that Sky deal is finished. Right, but Sky might. Sky will. Sky will definitely have Captain Marvel on before Christmas. Oh, that's fine then. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, um, they by what their normal schedule is, they will have Captain Marvel. I imagine probably around about September time. Yeah. And then they'll have uh, Endgame as their like Christmas film. Well, we'll have to hang back a bit then, because there's only uh, Captain America and Agent Carter before that, is there? On the timeline. Um, it, yeah, if you're talking series, yeah. Yeah. Are you forgetting Spider-Man? Um, I'm going by the independent website's MCU timeline guide. Um, it's got Captain America first, and then the two Agent Carter series, I think, and one of the one-shots. And then into Captain Marvel. Yes, because there was an Agent Carter one shot, wasn't there? On one of the at the end of one of the, well, not at one of the end of the, the films, but on the Blu ray or digital release of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never watched all the one shots. I should do, really. I have no idea what this is. Um, what, what, what one shots? <laughs> Uh, it's just little extra bits on DVDs, might have you? I think is it? <laughs> they, 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 yeah, they, they're kind of like short little movies. So think about if you go and see an animated film uh, that's made by Illumination, they stick a little minion short in the front of it. Oh, right, okay. It's almost the opposite of that. Oh, it's at the end of a film. Yeah, but it's a little. There's an Agent yeah. Carter one shot on the Iron Man three DVD, apparently. Right there, you go. Um. I never watched the Agent Carter shows. I never watched the Agents of Shield either. Uh, we watched through all the Agents of Shield ones last year, and to be this, I know this is supposed to be another review for Endgame, but a, a lot of the Captain Marvel film um, I enjoyed more because of the later seasons of Agents of Shield stuff, um, because of the Kree stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not, I'm not like an aficionado of Marvel universe, so that's why I need to go back and watch everything. Really, from the sounds of it, it does kind of spoil the flick. What in, in Captain Marvel? See, I when I saw Captain Marvel, and anyone else, if they didn't see it as well, jump in. Um, but the problem with Captain Marvel for me is in that opening sequence, you see um, the character, and I can't remember what the character's name is, but he's also one of the first villains you see in the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Yeah, I did pick up on that. Did Jumanji Hussin? Yeah. What his name is? But with Captain Marvel, I did. Re- I did enjoy it. I saw. I just went to see it as an independent film. I didn't see it as part of the. I don't know it was part of the MCU, but I just saw it as a 
one-off film. And he enjoyed that. He enjoyed it that way. Trying right. to mm. link it with everything. It didn't seem to come into the story too much. So I just went in with in my mindset of, that's it, I'm watching this as a one-off film. What, and then, what I kind of see it as is that she, I'm, I take your points about like um, the Endgame, her not having much sort of input there, but she's off like saving other planets all around the galaxy, basically. She, galaxies, yeah, it seems out. like she's, if she's doing that, she's only going to be able to just sort of nip in and flip the scales when, when they're needed. Do you know what I mean? Which is what happened in the battle in Endgame, was that she turned up when, when it just needed a nudge in the right direction because they were up against it. Which is really all she'd have time to do in any of the planets that she's intervening in, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think that's a reasonable um, idea to have. Yeah, that that's what she kind of does. I mean, my wife, my wife asked me um, leading up to Endgame if she needed to see Captain Marvel, and I said to her, "Well, I don't know because I've not seen Endgame." So your guess is as good as mine. I don't know how much of a part she's going to play. Yeah. And obviously there was a lot of um, anger um, from certain parts of uh, the, the fan base, if you want to call it that, um, about Captain Marvel and the fact that, you know, she was being proclaimed as like, um, you know, the ultimate superhero and the most powerful superhero. And um, there was this big fear that she was going to come into Endgame having had a solo film, but having nothing, no involvement other than that. Um, and, and basically, you know, save the entire day. And I think yeah. what they really did well in an end game is that's not what they did. She was pivotal yeah, but, in what she did, but she didn't overshadow. Is that, like, even when she's not reacting to anything, people can't quite get even... I didn't catch that last bit, sorry. Yeah, yeah. You know, it could have been it could have been that she came in and, and you know, really saved the day at that point and, and taken all the stones and, and all that because she had the power to, and yet she didn't. Um I think they used her very well in that film. Yeah. Um, I've I got to say, I, I don't agree with the um, kind of animosity against her in terms of uh, the sort of uh, feminist thing being shoved down people's throats because re-watching Captain Marvel today, I my view on it was that all of those kind of, um, she was fighting with one arm tied behind her back and all that sort of thing, that could be applied to any um, kind of struggling character. Do you know what I mean? From who's, who's lived in a world where they may be struggling for whatever reason. It doesn't have to be because they're a woman. You know, it's just that she's had a struggle, basically. And yeah. that, that can apply to anyone, woman I, or not. I want to get to one of the things that kind of confused me about Endgame, but also about Captain Marvel and how it's put into the rest of the MCU. Now, I might be incorrectly remembering, but did the Tesseract go down with Captain America that film? And they only got it once they dug it out the ice. Um, that is a good question. Who, um, it's a shame P Dubs isn't here actually because he might know the answer to that because he's uh, he's a bit more um, clued up when it comes to how all the films interlink and stuff. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I'm wanting to track the Tesseract when I go back watching stuff because there was the very end scene at the end of Captain Marvel with with um, Goose. Um, mm. 
And I wasn't exactly sure when that scene was supposed to be set because obviously Fury's chair was empty, which to me when I watched it, because we'd just seen the mid end credits scene with the pager being reactivated because Fury had disappeared. It kind of implied to me that it was um, almost in the in, at the end of Infinity War kind of time. But, but that, would, that would imply there were two Tesseracts then. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's when S.H.I.E.L.D. gets the Tesseract back. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I I saw that that I mean I, I funny enough actually I didn't stay and watch the end scene because I knew what was happening. Yeah. Um. Or, or sorry, I'd I'd read what had happened. Um. But I I think the general consensus is that that scene with Goose takes place just after Captain Marvel finishes. So it right. takes place in 1995, not 2019. Yeah. yeah. Um. Or 2018, whenever Infinity War is supposed to be like set. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's when I kind of took that. So um, I'd already asked a question to Simon. So I'll ask a question to you guys now that you've joined as well. Mm-hmm. Is just kind of like a headline of how you felt watching Endgame for the first time. Um, and also a question that uh, YC has been asking as well is if you had managed to remain spoiler free before seeing it. Um, well... So I can't. I, I can only just about hear you, Theo. So. Are you in a cave? <laughs> I have got the mic the right way around this time, haven't I? Yeah. Is oh, fucking hell! I've done it again. You fucking twat! <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. You're a sound there. engineer. I know. I know, I know. Switch it off and on again, quick. <laughs> See, I'll everything, to be fair. I literally turned it round before we started. He's trained in sound production. This is what I mean. I was, I was going to like, at one point I was going to like say, do I need to have a training session with Paul? But I, I don't think I'll bother. <laughs> is that better? That's perfect, yep. Great, okay. There you go. Really oh no, you've gone quiet again now. I think it might be a shit mic, to be honest. We've had problems or a cable. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Honest. <laughs> I could definitely hear myself better when I... Like, it was the right way around. Oh, for fuck's sake. Come sit around here and use my mic. We're on opposite sides of the table there with two separate mics. Is this a podcast for subscribers out of interest? <laughs> it's, well, well, luckily, well, un- unlike when you came on the Patreon episode, which people uh, pay for, uh, this is a free, this is a free podcast. Uh, Your Wayne's World joke didn't go down well. Um, right, where was it? Yeah, 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 right, yeah. So the question was, Endgame, did you, you know, how did you feel watching it for the first time and um, did you manage to avoid spoilers? I'm just going to shout my answer. <laughs> couldn't really get spoilers because uh, we went to the midnight premiere. I know there were some we... like little hints and pieces, especially from Tom Holland. Yeah, we um, didn't we didn't actually decide to go until about half past eight in the evening, did we? Yeah, yeah. I, I said fuck it, you know, who wants to go, sort of thing. But um, 
Yeah, I remained completely spoiler free, but I did I did keep my mouth shut on the way in because I had a feeling. Um, I take it, are we in spoiler territory? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, uh, the spoiler the way, corner's long way, gone. As a sound production trained person, that that wasn't an air horn yesterday. That was a foghorn. Right. So what? So what happened was <laughs> what happened was I thought I had an air horn on as part of my garage band uh, loops. And when I looked through it, I was like, oh, there's no air horn, but there is a fog horn. That'll do. No one knows the difference. <laughs> no one will as, as, as soon as I pressed it, and I was like, well, that's clearly not an air horn, but I, I can't, I'm not going to go back and correct myself. I mean, I, I don't have um, a quantum realm for me to, to jump in and out of, so I'm just going to have to put a fog horn in. But on this episode, I did say that it was going to be a spoiler fog horn. Right. So I have corrected it for this episode, because oh. I'm not going to find an air horn. Oh, we so, were late. Yeah, to, too much effort. What was I saying? Yeah, on the way in, I, I yep. kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to kind of ruin it for anyone else, but I I had a feeling that, that Tony was going to go. Um, I don't know why. It, it just seemed to make sense to me that he would go. Uh, oh, well... Uh, me and we hadn't talked about our predictions on on this episode, but me and Wyatt had messaged ourselves the day before, right? Um, talking about spoilers, yeah. And my list was uh, Cap to die, or sorry, Cap to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Tony Stark to get injured to the point of him him having to retire and hang yeah. up the suit. Yeah. Um, Peter Quill to remain an arsehole. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I like I like Quill, but I didn't particularly like him in Infinity War. Um. And also that Thor would um go back into space um to start another Asgard. Right. Um. So I got one right out of my four. Um. I'm I'm loving unintended. Thor's new image, by the way. Oh, the the big Thorbowski. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Actually, when you were saying that on the on the part one of this um mm. i do remember i can't remember which character it was but he does actually get called lebowski by one of the, is it by tony stark yeah i think it tony, is yeah. yeah and i didn't pick up on it but people have pointed it out to me afterwards that yeah. he actually did because i i don't like the big lebowski but no, I'm not obviously <laughs> obviously you can see that's what he was inspired by by in that bit when he looks like he's asleep or yeah. he's asleep mm. yeah it, it was the first time i think that we saw him in the long cardigan that he called yes. him Lebowski. Right, okay. So, yeah, Just another for, one of those really funny lines. For those people that have objected to him wearing a, a what do you call it, a false... A fat suit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would they have been um, okay with it if he'd actually put the weight on and gone all... Um, what, um, to mention a, a favourite actor of yours, Jared Leto, on it? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more, what's, what's the other one? Uh, Christian Bale, he's another one, yeah, isn't yeah, he, that likes yeah, to do that. Yeah. Likes to fluctuate. Um, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I didn't even, I didn't even see this. This was obviously saying that Ben, uh, you know, he's a social media person, isn't he? Who, who saw this, uh, vitriol about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I just don't understand it. I really, don't I, I couldn't get. actually tell <laughs> <laughs> just madness. Um, all oh, right. I can't okay. He's in his cave again. <laughs> he's, he's, he's making Iron Man suit. Well, which which um, I thought that was a fitting way to end the film, actually. Yeah, definitely, because yeah. that that was what the noise was, wasn't it? It was it was uh, Tony making the original Iron Man suit in the cave. Well, yeah, I, I I've actually heard about that. Oh, that I thought you were talking about so. Theo being in the cave again. Sorry. <laughs> well, it, it kind of it was um, it was kind of um, life imitating art. Yeah. I think in 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 that, um, 
but yeah, because I think everyone sat there with a kind of like puzzled look on their face. And I thought, well, it, it kind of sounds familiar, but what is it? But apparently, it is um, the actual audio from the first Iron Man yeah. film of him making right. the suit. I yeah, thought it was good because I kind of had a funny feeling they weren't going to do an end scene again, um, like to make it different from all the others, if you like. But they just kind of had that little subtle thing there. I was half expecting him to break into hi ho though. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked that there was nothing at the end because it did then signify that this is the end. Yeah. But yeah. just by having that uh, chinking of the metal, it yeah. kind of then said that you know maybe there is more. Um, not of this storyline, but just more of the Avengers. Yeah. It seems that they don't have any immediate plans for Avengers, but they're just kind of saying, like, for the fans themselves, you know, maybe we'll be back. Every time I think of Iron Man, yeah. it, it takes me right back to being a projectionist because that was one of the first, well, it, it was probably the first big film that I trailered and everybody was really excited about when I was working um, at, at the other chain, not the Unlimited one. <laughs> oh okay oh, interesting i didn't yeah because I, I i listened to that episode that you did a, about um about film and, and talking about that but uh i didn't pick up that's that's who you work for interesting yeah okay. back when they used to actually care what film looked like on screen yeah Not so now, actually where it's all if that had come out uh, now um i'd have seen it probably uh at least 24 hours before the midnight screening because yeah we used to have to print check everything so yeah, so they don't do. They don't bother anymore. Well, I mean, my chain definitely does not. Which um, is even which is check their films before they show them. So no, which is why when I was in Greta the other the other uh, week, the lights came up like about thirty seconds before the credits started, which kind of ruined the very end of the film, which was all about suspense. So you know, but yeah, okay, who cares? As, as long as you can just stick it on a playlist and press a button. Yep, <laughs> the money saving money saving tip. Yep. Um. So yeah, so so what were your your initial thoughts coming out of, of Endgame? That big battle sequence, I just couldn't stop smiling. Oh, like I mean, this film was all about fan service, wasn't it? But that is the epitome of that, I think. I I remember this was during the film, though. Actually, as soon as they did the first um, t- uh, sort of. Um, visiting a previous film if you like i just i just thought yes this is gonna the rest of the film is just going to be going into past films so you know that, that for me the rest of the film i knew was going to be good because it was just going to be revisiting the past sort of thing uh, and I'll, I'll be honest like i really didn't see that coming i, I didn't think that that's what they were going to do no the, I obviously the time travel they might do a time travel thing yeah. but not that they were going to go and revisit the films we'd already seen yeah yeah um, I, I don't know how they did it. I don't know if they reshot. I'm not, I'm, I'm assuming they must have gone back or, or you know, green screen certain locations or whatever to to kind of fill in some of that. Yeah. Uh, to do that some of that footage, but it, to me, it was it's completely seamless. Interesting um, hearing what you were saying about Tilda Swinton being underrated because um, up here. I, I I don't know whether it's because she's fairly local to here. She is quite highly regarded. Um, I I've got to be honest. I, I didn't agree with that. All right, said that. Okay, because <laughs> because I've never heard I've never heard her be underrated. Right. Um, okay. She's she normally gets plaudits for her roles. I, admittedly, I think she doesn't normally star in particularly uh, like big blockbusters. She, yeah, she doesn't tend to sell out. Yeah, but then I I I have that more down to her personal preference yeah. rather than um, that's because people don't see her being talented. I mean, I don't 
think any. I don't know if you can be underrated if you've won an Oscar. No. Uh, yeah, you can definitely be overrated if you won an Oscar. Yeah, but you can't be <laughs> underrated if you've won an Oscar. No, I I agree with that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think we was all surprised that she was in the first Doctor Strange, let alone that she would have quite a significant role to play in this film as well. And I enjoyed Hellboy too. So as an aside, but carry on. Oh, oh, oh what Hellboy, Hellboy reboot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as much okay. as the original, but I didn't think it was as bad as everyone made out. And that's a different film. So carry on with Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I getting a Ben free... while he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I did include it's. I, I I think that's probably the the easiest way of doing it. Yeah. Because I mean Ben and I love him, but I mean he will be able to um, counter any argument you have. And I think the only way to defeat him is to talk about something when he's not here to him to counter like react to Absolutely. so no smart smart <laughs> um yeah okay so let's i suppose we're all here now so we can kind of run through the film in in order we've kind of talked about a few other bits but um i am before you guys joined i was talking to white about the fact that the the opening emotional scene with hawkeye and his family mm. i was preempted because my wife had told me um, the only thing she told me uh, as I was going to see the film was that I needed to take tissues, something I didn't even think about doing. Yeah. Um, and she, t- I mean, I think she said that because she knows what I'm like with films anyway. Um, but she did say it gets you right from the get go. Yeah. So I was immediately expecting the opening of the film to start with something sad. And so it didn't get me as much as it has done for other people. It but you're not you're not a family man (laughs) it didn't didn't get me upset it just got me in my stomach it was like yeah it was like yeah this is how the film started you know something has happened in the past yeah nah it was it was a nice way to start it it just it it got you being emotions rups like a like I yeah. said at the beginning, this this film was an emotional roller coaster for me. I was up, yeah. I was down, I was laughing, I was crying, I was Yeah. And this started it off straight away. It was literally within like 35, 35 seconds to a minute at the beginning of the film. It was like, right, we're gonna get you we're gonna get you started and this is yeah. where you feel start straight away. Your thing was very fast. Sorry, what was that Theo? Your thing was very fast. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, it didn't yeah, it, it did start as it meant to kind of go on in a way. Mm. In that I regard. was shocked just by how quick they started, though, because we had, like, the black screen, they said Endgame, it said it's a 12A, and then it just started. There was no fade into it. There was no, like, introduction. It was just, boom, I'm in a field. And it just kind of caught me off guard, because I'm thinking, like, have they just cut, like, start of the movie or something? Like, but, are we just starting here? But then that is that is what they did with, with um, Infinity War as well. Um now, what was interesting is um, before we saw before we saw the final. But no, because with Infinity War, it was like kind of more of a fade in in the women's space sort of thing, and now we're here. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so you saw like yeah where you were before actually being on the ship. Okay, yeah, and then with Captain when... Marvel, like we had the whole Stan Lee thing at the start. Oh, don't you're gonna start me. And, then, and then Black Panther again. It was like within the nineteen eighties. It was the introduction as to where we were, I rather than the boom. Here yeah. I am, 
I'll tell you what, I didn't yeah. realize the significance of um, until I'd started working uh, sort of behind the scenes on that Kevin Smith thing um, was the the appearance on the bus with the script. I hadn't I didn't really oh, see the significance rats. of that because I hadn't seen the scene um, that he's in in Mall Rats until um, the other day. So that was quite poignant. But... Yeah, because it was it, like what, what was interesting about that as well, that Stanley bit in, in Captain uh marvel is that it's not oh that's it's not marvel, really a huge it? <laughs> yeah it's not really it's not really a um, a big cameo no. like in in, in more rats he's in it for like 30 seconds but at that time it this was before stan lee was really stan lee like yeah. I, I knew i knew stan lee because he used to narrate the marvel cartoons in the 80s so i knew him from that but I'd never really seen him in anything until I saw more rats in the nineties. Um, and what was significant, really the most significant, significant thing about that cameo and him holding that script for more rats is because he was reading the script for more rats. It then dated the film. You knew that film was, yeah. was set between 94 and 95 because that's when more rats was filming. Talking about historical sort of back catalogues of actors, I'm trying desperately to persuade Theo to watch Weird Science with me to see Robert Downey Jr. in his early years. <laughs> did they did they not use footage from Weird Science when they did the flashback? You know, when they did like young Tony Stark oh, in Civil War? Possibly, I'm, yeah. I'm almost certain they used either they, they used footage from or they used the images from to like reconstruct that would make uh, his sense. younger appearance yeah, yeah that would make sense yeah um i, I can't I, i've never seen weird science so i can't actually um support that concept or <laughs> or suggest it's a bad idea that's a good honest. movie man it's yeah. a good yeah. movie <laughs> some 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 of these films hold up like i still think the breakfast club is a classic but things like ferris bueller's day off you watch it now you just realize he's an absolute obnoxious prick so um <laughs> I, I really hate Ferris Bueller if you hadn't guessed. Um, anyway, where was it? Yeah, so so Hawkeye. I, what I thought was interesting about this film as well, for me, is that um, all the other Avengers, so, and I'm, I'm talking the main Avengers, so I'm talking Thor, Cap, uh, Hulk, Black, even Black Widow, um, they all seem to have quite significant parts during the Marvel films. Hawkeye had always felt a bit shoehorned in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In in everything, really. Um and I really felt with this film that he became quite an integral part. Yeah, yeah. I take it there's no way that um Black Widow can come back. Well, I mean as you probably know from from comic books, um you know characters die and come back all the time. Yeah. Um, maybe they clone her. Maybe they. Um, I don't think she's coming back. I went to look up how exactly, especially to see if Loki's actually. I think. I mean, it's only when the Infinity Stones are destroyed that they can actually create reality. Right. It's a very confusing, it's very convoluted, but it does technically. I know, my, sense. my head's still in Back to the Future mode, so I can't really. <laughs> that means that time doesn't run. 
I mean, that's the thing. I think the if you if you want to sit here um, and try and work out how the time travel all works and and yeah. you know how this stuff all goes, um, I th- I think you'll just I think they would destroy l- the they would lose credibility by bringing people back after that sort of event. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. And I mean, you know, they are talking about doing a Black Widow film. It's supposed to be starting shooting this summer. Um, Scarlett Johansson is attached to it. Um, whether that is, you know, whether that's a red herring or they're actually still doing it, I don't know. If they do, or I imagine it will have to be a prequel. prequel. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Unless um, they're going into uh, alternate timeline territory, like with Loki. Um, possibly. Yeah, which they could do, but I, I'd, I'd rather they didn't, yeah. personally. Yeah. I, I think that's when, I think the only film that's really ever pulled that off properly. Like that has probably been uh, Spider Man actually into the multiverse, into Spider-Man. which I still haven't seen yet. <laughs> yeah, you, you, uh, I was talking to Craig about that on my bench today. I had a funny story about uh, also, uh, buying it from Germany. Uh, uh, technically, that fight with Captain America fighting himself never happened because that was after they got the. I didn't quite get so that. Once they actually returned, my, it, my... everything after that point hasn't happened. My head was at two mm. o'clock in the morning point at that at that stage. I, well, I couldn't really quite work it out. <laughs> well, I couldn't work it out either because the it's the mind stone that's in the scepter. Yeah, yeah. I'm right with that. Aren't I? I think. Was well, it space? No, I'm sure it's the mind one because he, okay. he touches him and knocks him out. But if, if they've got to return oh, yeah. everything, like obviously at the end of the film, they've got to Cap's got to return everything back to where it, where they got it from. How can mm-hmm. they put it back in the scepter? Because I've had to destroy it to put it into the club. Well, because they actually they didn't, did they? Because in the end, they had to go back to the seventies. Was... was that space stone? No, the scepter. He got the <laughs> scepter. He had the scepter in the box, and he walked away with that and came back with it. Oh yeah, of course he said. And then they're saying, how did they yeah. put it back into the scepter for to stop that alternative reality? Well, the hail hydra did happen before he got the mind stone, which means that those people in the list still think Captain America is a hydra agent. Right. Okay. Well, this is what I mean. Like, this is, <laughs> that, like, that, that let's was, let's let's, let's not try and work out how this film works. <laughs> right? Let's just enjoy it for the piece of art that it is. But this is what the question was. <laughs> oh right, okay. This is what your question was. Yeah. Yeah, this is what the um, question was on Facebook. See if someone can answer it for me, because that's what's been baffling me. I'm like. He has to return the stones back to where they originally got them from in the timeline yeah. to stop these rifts starting. And that's one of them he couldn't do. Because obviously they've had to take the stone out of the scepter and then he's got to put it back in the scepter. But it was Thanos that put it in the scepter, I believe, to give to Loki. Oh, fucking hell, my head's yeah. broken. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, I mean, the thing is, you, you, it's the same argument. Yeah. Like, you know, how does he return the soul stone? Because, you know... Isn't that to do with sacrifice? I mean, if you're just returning it, do you just return it? I, you know, is it like a yeah. blockbuster video? Well, I see, when know. I was talking about Black Widow, um, whether or not she could come back, my my um, sort of reason for asking that was because uh, what's the green one called? Um, Gamora. But she's yeah. in the past. She's oh. right because she's, she's from the past and come to the future. With so yeah, so it's a diff- right. Technically, it's a different Gamora. It's an earlier version. But, yeah, so, same Gamora, but obviously pre-death. They could bring, but she's going to stay in the present timeline, isn't she? The past Gamora is going to still be in the present timeline now. Yeah, Correct. but she wasn't in the ship at the end. 
I noticed. Yeah, I, I was annoyed that they brought Gamora back because they had to kill off some people. And I yeah. thought they'd just I found some like... sort of loophole to bring him back. And then it looks like Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to be the search for Spock, but he's green and a woman. <laughs> that's what I, I, I was trying to explain this to Lindsay yesterday, that that's what Star Trek 3 was. And then I realised that I'm wasting my time because she doesn't care for Star Trek at all. Neither do I, to be fair, but even so. Um, but yeah, I did say it's just... Sacrilege. Eh, it's all right. I mean, everyone's going to, uh, you know, have some uh, unredeemable qualities, right? Um, I just happen to have quite a few. Um, but yeah, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 could well be um, the search of Gamora. Um, you know, hopefully, if it is, it's a plot device that they fix within the first few minutes. It sounds um, very similar to a, a, a certain franchise that you like, Nick, not the train to... <laughs> the Fast well, and Furious. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tron. No. Yeah, let's let's, let's you, not talk you, about my love for Fast and Furious. I mean, I, you know, I, I even I feel dirty no, admitting how much I like the Fast no, and Furious Nick, franchise. you're not the only one. Oh, come I on. absolutely <laughs> love them There's two of us. There's two of us, Nick. They're harmless fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, exactly. I remember going to um, watching the first one with my mate when he was 16. And I was sixteen, oh. and we went to kick. Uh, sorry, seventeen. He was seventeen. He just got. He just got a car. And as soon as everyone came out of the theater, we all just revved the engine and tried to race down. And <laughs> out of the city world. <laughs> Sticking LED lights under their cars. Yeah. Except after that one, that Paul, what's his name? Um, Paul Walker. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Walker appeared in after he died. Well, that, um, that was, was that a bit dark. It was well. It was his brother. I believe it was his brother, and he superimposed his face onto it. All right. Uh, that, that is, oh. yeah. Yeah. And in fact, some scenes, they, apparently, they didn't even superimpose his face because they did look yeah. quite alike. It's a yes. shame he didn't die in Marvel because they'd probably bring him back and all. <laughs> I don't think that's how life works. It's a nice concept, mind you. Um, right. So, uh, I think we're still at the beginning of the film. Um, <laughs> so, so, the other bit that got me. Um, even though Ben said that he he knew this was going to happen, is the fact that, you know, at the start of the film, you know, we we see what happens with Hawkeye. We then time jump... Um, oh, sorry, don't time jump straight away. We're 22 days after Infinity War. Um, they figure out where uh, Loki's... Uh, sorry, Thanos is hiding, and they go and lop his head off. Yeah. yeah. I, I just wasn't expecting him to die that quickly in the film. Yeah, that did surprise me but i think it makes sense for Thor's arc for his arc yeah and it does kind of mirror how quickly they top loki in infinity war because thanos is kind of it's well it's not quite as close to the beginning is it um yeah it's the first 10 minutes i think yeah it's before it's before the credits it's it's not as quick as loki's death loki's loki's uh, demise is is much quicker but yeah yeah it was still pre-title because that's the thing, like, it was, I think, I, I looked at my watch, I think it was 16 minutes from the film starting until we actually got Avengers Endgame come up on the screen. Yeah. It was a, you know, that was a long intro. It didn't well, seem that long. Most of, like, I expected at least the first hour to be switching back to Dark and Nebula on the ship just trying to stay awake. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that was another thing that that um seemed to 
to kind of uh, resolve itself quite quickly. But to be honest, I, I didn't really have too much of a problem with that because the whole idea of this, this, all this stuff happening is that they then time jumped five years into the future. They had a lot to get through as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will, I mean, I will say this: the, the film was like what two hours fifty. The actual it film feel itself like it. no, was two fifty, exactly, and yeah. it did. Yeah, it didn't feel that long. Um, and that's probably because the pacing was kept so so consistent. Um, I've got what some, I was interested. Oh, go on. Sorry, I've, I've got some holes in my back catalogue. There's a, f- a couple of films here and there that I haven't seen, but the 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 the, the where they go back to the 1970s is that a revisit to a film that I maybe haven't seen, or is that's the only period that they haven't covered in a film yet? So the yeah. only time you kind of see anything to do with that and that very excellent Michael Douglas. Yes, uh, yeah. the aging they did, which I I think could be. I don't remember my seeing him in anything of them. else, but so he he's um, the father of um, Hope Van Dyne, who is the Wasp. Right, yeah, Hank I Kim. haven't seen either Ant Man film. That's possibly why. Though. Okay, so yeah, so in in Ant Man, <laughs> you do see some footage of him working on the original Ant Man suit, right? which I, I don't know if it was the 70s. It might have been the 70s or the 80s, but regardless. So you would have seen a younger version of Michael Douglas in Ant-Man. Yeah. Um, but you didn't spend any time in in the 70s with that. Um, you do see Howard Stark yeah. looking similar to that in Iron Man 2 and possibly something else as well. But it that that whole sequence there you didn't really it wasn't really from a uh a major sequence in any of the films yeah i, I, th- I think you do obviously see a bit of the parents in uh age of ultron as well you see quite a lot of them there and he's in um you see like an older version in iron man the first iron man as well mm. in the first iron man it was dominic cooper i think yeah yeah i think you're right yeah it wasn't it wasn't always um uh roger sterling and I know what his name is, but I don't care. He's no, Roger Sterling to me. It'll always be Mad Men to me. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's the only bit with with that really that kind of explains that bit. Yeah. Um, um, Tony Stark does say to Captain America before they time jump to the seventies. I know that Hank Pym and the Tesseract were in the same place at once, but I can't. Yes. Yeah, and that's why they they went back to that particular time um, because it also enabled them to get more of the um, was it called the um, Pim serum or Pim? Yeah, but that's that's what a lot more people are mourning about. So why didn't just go back to that time straight away to get that more stuff so they could do more time jumps? Well, because they because they didn't need to do more time jumps. It's people. Nitpicking yeah, everything. You can just nitpick it. Yeah, of course you can. So I, I thought there was something no, in that scene where, where Tony Stark meets his dad. I, I was confused as to why Tony Stark acted surprised when his dad said that his wife's pregnant because he knew exactly to the date when they were jumping to. So he acted surprised that I, his mum was pregnant with him. Why would he be surprised that his mum's pregnant I, when he knows when he was born? I don't think it was necessarily that. surprise. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, don't, I think it was not actually to sell to the Howard Stark in the past, but not. Like, I suppose time traveling. I suppose it's the reality. If you think you go back in time and you meet your mum and you see a bump there, you think shit, that's me. 
that's going to be quite shocking. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and the thing is, like one of the things that's that's kind of resonated for all of Tony Stark's arc is the fact that he did have this kind of um, unconventional relationship with his dad. Right. Um, you did have I can't remember if it was sounds familiar. Iron Man two or Iron Man three. Yeah, doesn't it just? <laughs> um, I, I don't know if it was Iron Man two or three, um, but it was it was one of the the films when uh, Tony stumbled on a projection, uh, like an, uh, you know an old projection film of his dad, basically talking about how Tony was his greatest achievement, mm. and it offered him a bit of closure because he didn't feel that his dad uh, was that close to him. Yeah. In that way, so for me, that whole that whole thing there, I think it was more the the shock of having this conversation with him and being able to kind of give him this advice and and all that. I think it was more it was more to do with that more than the shock of oh shit, I haven't been born yet, right? So I, I, that that's how I interpreted it, and I suppose that's it, isn't it? It's interpretation. It's I'm not right necessarily. Other people aren't right necessarily. It's it's how you judge that yeah, to. Yeah to be placed what, what we were discussing earlier was the the references between hawkeye and black widow to what happened in budapest um mm. that have come up is that is that in any other film or is that something that could come up in the black widow if it is a brief uh, the first avengers i think they mentioned it a few times i think actually yeah they mentioned yeah. quite a few times and i think that if they are doing a black widow film i think it might be something to do with that yeah personally because they keep referencing yeah. it at least two or three times over the films. It's a bit like the the, the boat incident in Gavin and Stacey. Um, Never watched it. <laughs> Mitchell will like that reference if he listens. Um, it's great so, show, yeah, by the way. It is is much much better than it had any right to be. Um, but yeah, I think the whole Budapest thing. It was kind of um, it, it was obviously where they met. Um, I don't know what Hawkeye's Hawkeye was actually doing at that time, but Black Widow was almost like um, a contract killer, right? That made plenty of references to her um, having like um, like blood all over her, um, her um, not database but her file, um, and, and trying to clear that. Um, so yeah, I I think it the Budapest thing could be where they first met and they were both kind of contract killers. Yeah. Um, or there was definitely an incident there, but it's been, as Simon said, uh, sorry to pardon the pun there, Simon. Um, <laughs> that, um, <laughs> that, um, yeah, it, it, there's history there between the two of them. That's why it made sense that they had the end to their storyline that, that they did yeah. um, mm-hmm. as well. It was them that went to do that. Obviously, we as the audience knew that whoever was going there was going to have to do some kind of sacrifice. Uh, no one else did. Which it could possibly mean like, that if we go back and watch Endgame in a few years' time, knowing what happened in Budapest, it's going to make that scene even more difficult to watch. That was one of the um, few moments I cried at in the entire film. God, you are heart stone. I, mean, I didn't I, cry I, at all. I, I wanted to. Out. Oh my god! I, I, I didn't cry either. I, I think it was the time of night and the monster drink, but you know, <laughs> I, was, I, I was shocked. I, I was more shocked than anything that was Black Widow that went. I was very more. I was more shocked than anything. Yeah, I was cheering. Yeah. I was so happy it wasn't all cry. I was almost out of my seat. Go on, see you later, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> that is the kind of person you are, though. Um, <laughs> what annoyed me about that, and I did 
talk about this previously is that it's just the fact that Black Widow had nothing. Hawkeye had a family. And so I don't know why there was this debate about which one of them was going to sacrifice themselves because surely there was only one logical answer to that. Yeah. The person who's got but nothing see, to I lose. I think that's harsh. Yeah, but- why is it that the person with a family always gets to stay alive? She's not had a chance to have a family yet. Surely she should be allowed that chance. I think that's Does she deserve one? Does yeah. she deserve a chance? Yeah, but te- technically, Hawkeye didn't have a family. Her as the person coordinating the damage control. So she's actually been the one working to do something about it. When the Hawkeye just- and she's nicer to look at, let's face it. But Hawkeye technically didn't have a problem. I don't know. He has got a lovely haircut. Oh, I know. See, I disagree. I mean, you know, I mean, I know he kind of went rogue and started like doing all kinds of weird stuff in Japan and that. But he did look like um, he was does only weird stuff in Japan. He could... <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, wrong, wrong example. But he did look like he could be stepping into the octagon anytime soon. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, all he needed was like a pair of quite baggy silky shorts <laughs> and you know you could have probably done a half a round with Brock Lesnar or something um, I didn't see, see the, the soul stone this was one of the things that like uh, I didn't have a problem with but I didn't understand why it was kind of overlooked it did we go back to Garden Galaxy movie in the end of the first one where Peter Quill does a dance then he grabs the uh, infinity stone then he needs everyone else to hold his hand. They become the guy in the galaxy because they're all powerful enough now to be able to hold the stone. We flash, flash forward to Endgame and Hawkeye is like really sad. He's just lost his friend and he looks at his hand and says, oh, look, there's a soul stone. And he's able to hold it, no problem whatsoever. It's and throughout right. the rest of the movie, you've got so many superheroes now holding these stones like it's no problem. I've My theory on that, Sorry, Theo. The power stone, obviously, it's literally just power itself, so it's going to hurt to hold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I took it more that it just wasn't, it wasn't using any power. And that's why, because, I mean, obviously, the exact same, you've got the exact same thing scene with uh, Thanos when he got it. And I know it's Thanos and, and everything, but, again, like, I don't, I, I think Thanos would still struggle a little bit um, to hold uh, a, like an all-powerful stone without the gauntlet on, mm. right. and he well, he didn't have it in his gauntlet hand; he had it in his actual hand. So I just took that to be that when you do get given that stone, that it is just literally a stone in your hand. And there's no power to it until you actually connect it with the other stones. Right. See, least- I can, I can, I, I can have that. But then, why is it all of them combined then projects poison? And only Hulk is immune to poison. Well, that was the it's, gamma thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's not that he's immune to poison. It's the fact that the Hulk is, you know, effectively a gamma bomb walking around. Right. And even he struggled. You know, um, but that that glove that Tony built that was based I'm, around I'm gamma not tech, wasn't sure it? Sure, how comfortable I am with with the nice Hulk face. I don't know. It just doesn't seem. It doesn't seem Hulk like seeing him smile and stuff. In yeah, in the comics, in the comics, you've had lots of different versions of uh, Bruce Banner's Hulk. Yeah, where he's been able to, you know, things have happened to him, which has allowed him to do, uh, you know, to, to almost alter how the Hulk is. 
Um, and one of them is a kind of almost very scientific, almost human Hulk. Yeah. So that's it. So yeah, so in terms of uh, the history of the Hulk and and things like that, um, it's completely plausible. However, um, watching it as a film franchise without seeing any of the Hulk cartoons or reading any of those Hulk story arcs, it would seem quite jarring. See, see, for me, the Hulk at the end of every film should be hitchhiking down the road with a backpack on, just because of. I did um, like it because I was the same. I, was, I wasn't feeling the Hulk so much because I wanted to see him big and powerful. We've not seen him certainly in Avengers world for a long time, but I did like it when they've gone back to Avengers Assemble and just half-heartedly like pushing over the car. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's so that funny. was magic! It was worth it for that scene. My favorite, my favorite, um, my favorite bit of the film when they went back and revisited uh, one of the previous films, uh, by far, was when they went to, uh, I believe, the planet was Morag uh, to the beginning of the first Guardians, and you heard yeah, exactly Peter Quill singing. Oh my god! <laughs> the was very sad. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, I mean, it was very. It was obviously very obvious that that's what he was doing, but because you're you've watched that film with the actual song playing over it, I never once sat there thinking, "Is he miming along to this? Is he actually singing along to this?" But to actually see that really did, uh, yeah, cause me to crack up. I thought that was um, one of the one of the more funny highlights of the film of a, of a film that was like had really funny moments in. Mm. That's that's a, saying that's a bit of a disservice because. You know, I mentioned about I love the Ant Man line about Rocket uh, thinking Rocket was a builder bear. <laughs> yeah. um, that, but that, that's what they do so brilliantly, though, is is to have that kind of comedy, but then have the the poignant moments like within within seconds of that comedy, and both sides work so well together. You know, it's just perfectly yeah. blended. Yeah, and, and it's so easy to get wrong as well. Yeah, you could easily have ruined the whole film by having Groot at the funeral ceremony just go I am Groot <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> it was it was perfectly balanced in that way as, as all, th- all good things should be yeah. um to paraphrase someone else um but uh, I kind of I kind of want to go back and, and talk about stuff but I, I I personally had so I mean obviously the the other important thing we haven't talked about is the fact that you know we've all been saved um because of a rat um I didn't have too much of a problem with that to be honest like it, it was what it was um you know it, it it led to Ant-Man coming back and again someone who hadn't really had any kind of major involvement with the film was um outside of the solo stuff really in that fight scene in Civil War and it was good that he became such an important part in this film, I think. Yeah. Well, it, um, it makes me a bit sort of, I'm, I'm the same as Phil. I'd never watched Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp. They were the only two I never watched. Who's Phil? Phil, Paul, I don't know. <laughs> I've, had, I've had a few beers today. Right. Because Sorry. of a pain. All right, Bob. I'm one of those days. I'm Batman. <laughs> uh, so, so, see, I was okay with... Um, well, not... Like, I was kind of expecting Michael Beaner to rock up and get the van. But when they fast forward five years, it then can't be that. You're thinking, why have you taken five years to get your van? But I thought like, yeah, Michael Penis. (laughs) (laughs) Big porn star. Right, so so just just for context, 
just for the context of those that haven't um, seen them. So uh, Ant-Man is, in the first Ant-Man, is uh, a, a kind of almost a reformed criminal, but he's not quite. Um, and uh, an actor called Michael Pino, it plays one of his um, his crew. And what he does in, in both films is he does like a, a very fast kind of recap of events that have gone on, which is really what it was missing from Infinity War. But um, he's a very uh, funny character in the Ant-Man films, right. both of them. This um, is my day sorted tomorrow because uh, both the Ant-Man films are on the Sky, uh, Sky now, so that's yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what I was going to do. Yeah. yeah, honestly, they are. I mean, a little bit like Captain Marvel, they don't really play too much into the other films, but um, they're both actually decent entries. And yeah. in in uh, the case of Ant-Man and the Wasp, that was a film that followed Infinity War. Yeah. And it was the perfect film to follow up Infinity War because it was almost a complete opposite. You know, it was almost a comedy. Yeah. Um, rather than, the, you know, the almost, you know, it was an emotional roller coaster, but not to the extent I think Endgame was. Um, but it was the perfect kind of balance after seeing that to kind of like bring you back down a little bit um, from, from that film. Um, yeah, he probably got affected in the snap. That's why he wasn't in, uh, in, in Endgame. <laughs> Um, but you know, but yeah, they, like I was the same with the rat, so it wasn't like two times with a rat, but then we didn't get any lines from Ken Jong. I think I was more annoyed by that, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was what I what I did like was the fact that we got two cameos from actors from Community, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. obviously I seen that. I keep hearing about it. Oh, Community is a fantastic show, um, but um, the, the Russo brothers. Um, directed a lot of episodes, a lot of early episodes right. of that, and Arrested Development actually. Um, and so they've tried to, and they've had a few over the films. They've had a few actors from Community make cameos. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that that was a nice touch. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, Ant Man was integral because if if Ant Man didn't come back, they wouldn't have had the technology. If they didn't yep. have technology, they wouldn't mm-hmm. have done time travel. So it it all kind of plays in. Um, I think the other bit with this film as well is the fact that you know in infinity war tony stark has this vision he's going to have a child it's going to be called morgan it's going to be a girl and you know all this and you know you've got black widow and the rest of um the avengers and and associates that are, are trying to figure out how to fix what what's happened yeah and you've got tony stark who's quite content with just living his life well i think ant-man away from civilization for me in that film ant-man kind of gave credibility to the whole idea of the time travel thing because it could have been quite corny without that without the kind of quantum realm connection um it could have just seemed a little bit like well that's convenient you know i do like how they went to hulk as like their secondary smart guy and then he just messes up and just iron man rocks up with his lamborghini or whatever with a reverse Mobius strip and just like, here you go. Time <laughs> but that's Tony Stark. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, exactly. always been Tony Stark. And that's why it worked so well. That's why I was kind of glad that um, Hulk or Banner wasn't able to, to do it properly. And I love the way... Stark. I love the way... I mean, the the actual title of the film, Endgame, I love the way that links into um, Doctor Strange's like i want to watch doctor strange again now because of that whole you know where he's saying it's the only way 
Mm. When he gives the times, uh, when he is it, which times, which stone is it? He gives uh, the away? mine time stone. stone time stone. Yeah, and he okay. and, and yeah, he's, he's sex with a time stone. You know, he's making out that he's he's saving Tony Stark by doing that, and Stark mm. saying no, don't, and he's like, it's the only way. You know that that's got so much more poignancy now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is a game of chess. That. You know, yeah, I think that's a reasonable assessment to make. Chess is quite a good analogy for it. Um. Yeah, so we we get the sequence. We get you know the stones of they managed to get all the stones, you know, by hook or by crook. They've managed to, to sort everything out. Um, but in the meantime, in the 2014 timeline, um, Nebula, oh, bloody Nebula, um, <laughs> she's given the game away. 2014 Nebula's given the game away from 2019 Nebula. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then Thanos knows what's going on and and does what he can to try and stop. Um, the events from happening so you know what he causes still still actually happens well they're not warping through time are they because they're in the same time um frame at that point is it not more of a kind of a quantum what do you call it quantum connection what's that thing that quantum work well, entanglement so yeah that's it so what it is so when thanos is seeing the projection from nebula that's 2014 right but, uh, because that's where they are mm. But they are seeing the um, the thoughts or the memories of 2019 Nebula, and I think that's because she was in the same because she was at she was she'd been brought back to 2014. So she was there. So I think that's how that works out. It was that because she's on the same like radio wavelength or something. I don't know because it was that, yeah. I think that Squidward was pl- playing on the computer or something, wasn't he? He, he, said he, he said he can control it. I love that. <laughs> I think oh, it's, yeah. yeah, I think it's because she's essentially like half machine, isn't she? Mm. Or three quarters machine. So I think that's that's why that glitch kind of happened. Um, but what that did was it, you know, it brought them, you know, they come back with the stones, they put together their own Infinity Gauntlet, the Hulk was able to use Infinity Gauntlet, was able to fix everything. And then when you think that's kind of done, Thanos is obviously got Nebula to uh, bring them back to where they are to then completely decimate the Avengers HQ. Which was rather awesome. Like, <laughs> oh, one of the much... unintentionally funny bits, when they come back, <laughs> they go, where's Natasha? But they don't wonder where's Nebula because nobody gives a shit about Nebula. No, she was there. Was she? Did she come Yeah, back? she was yeah. there, but, but it was... It was evil Nebula, not because what she did is she swapped her bronze. She didn't take much persuasion, did she, to to kind of switch sides again? No, yeah, which I thought was a bit odd, but but we don't we don't care. (laughs) Yeah, plot holes, plot holes. Um, But yeah, I mean the the um, the destruction of the Avengers HQ is much more impressive in the film than it is in the Lego set that goes alongside it. Is that your dog, by the way? No, no, no. Mine is uh, mine's asleep. I'm trying not to disturb him. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the Lego set is uh, is uh, looks like an actual Avengers HQ, when really it should just be a, a like pile of bricks. But that's only a small minor point. <laughs> um, but it, it of course does lead to one of the greatest sequences I think I've ever seen in a film, and again, completely fan service. But that's that's almost what you want. That's almost what I paid my money for. And it was even more epic and spectacular than I could have ever imagined. And whilst, you know, 
when you've got a film of this this size and this length and with so many people in it, um, not everyone is going to have a part to play. Mm. And I think, you know, there's there definitely people like Drax didn't say a line. I don't think Shuri said a line either. Um, but they still had a moment to shine during that fight sequence. You saw them that you saw them do something. Um, and so everyone was involved. And I think that that was uh, a, a great way of doing it. And then Captain Marvel come back and again, she didn't, she didn't save the day, but she just assisted. And that's exactly what I think. Yeah. Just a nudge. Uh, in the... Yeah. Just, just enough. <laughs> that's, otherwise that's... those wizards would have been absolutely preoccupied. Well, yes, yes, exactly. Um, I mean, another bit that got me was when Spider-Man, uh, you know, came back to, to Tony Stark. Yeah. Because that was that was his motivation. You know, as I said, Tony Stark was obviously quite content living his life with his family. Mm. But, you know, looking at that photo of Peter Parker, he, that was that was his big regret, was that he, you know, he wasn't able to save him. Yeah. Uh, as, soon as, you, as soon as you saw Spider-Man sort of standing over Tony Stark you knew he was going to die <laughs> uh, yeah at, at, at that well no I think even uh, I think even before that yeah, yeah. I, I knew he was he was on his way out I just didn't know how mm. um, but I think because you'd had the closure with his dad you knew something was going to happen there with Tony yeah um, but I mean yeah you, you had this epic scene um, people got their time to shine um, I'm still not the only thing I, I don't like about that whole thing is I still don't really understand how Tony was able to get all of the stones from Thanos's gauntlet onto his gauntlet. I don't think he put them in a gauntlet. I think he grabbed them with the iron yeah. suit, and then he obviously flipped him. The, the nanobites worked him into the into an extra glove that he made. Right. Okay. So I think he's done. I think he's actually gone, put his hand on top of the gauntlet and grabbed them all. Yeah, because he's not touching them. It's actually the the Iron Man suit that's touching them. The yeah, nanobites nano. built a glove around it. Yeah, he got the thumbs up from Doctor Strange saying, "This is the one shot." Yeah. Oh yeah. Gauntlet, yeah. Holds on to it so, for a certain amount of time and then gets back to the side. Yeah. And snaps, and then he snaps. Also, great finishing line. Well, almost finishing. I am Iron Man. Yeah. Yes, brilliant. Yeah. That got, that yeah. got me. I am inevitable. I was, I, yeah. I was bowling like a baby at that bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was it. At that point, you, you knew Stark wasn't surviving it. Mm-hmm. And then you had the reverse, like you, you said there, you had the reverse where you had uh, Spider-Man kind of trying to comfort Stark and then, um, you know, Pepper. And, and I mean, the thing is, like, I'm not a massive Gwyneth Paltrow fan. She was in this film enough, and it was right that that's how Tony Stark, is that, that's how his arc ended. I really. get a feeling from what I've been listening to other people say that there's more significance to the line than, than I realise. Um, when she says to him, you can rest now, is that a reference to something from earlier about him needing to rest in some way? Or is it just... Your your job's done now, kind of thing. Yeah, I I I I've not seen anything about that, and I didn't I didn't take anything from that right. other than just letting him kind of, you know, let go peacefully. Really, yeah. Well, um, he, well, he never used to sleep, did he? He used to always keep himself awake, especially in the yeah. Iron Man films. He, he never really slept. He just worked, yeah. worked, and worked. 
Mm. I think that's yeah. this is her way of saying like you're done now. You can you can, you rest. can rest. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, there has yeah. It's actually now you kind of said that there has been references where you know he's made a point of you know I've got to I've got to keep doing this because you know stuff is happening. I, yeah. I can't just stop doing what you know the world needs me (laughs) yeah back and watch age of ultron to look no you don't no 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 i want to see his vision (laughs) to see how it compares to uh what actually happened yeah not worth it mate (laughs) (laughs) you might yeah you might you might be able to find it on youtube (laughs) 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 rather than sit through you guys are so fucking critical (laughs) <laughs> it's just an awful film. Like, it's a movie you know, we I, didn't need. Yeah, but... yeah, it is a movie we didn't need. Well, <laughs> yeah, but then Ben said that about Captain Marvel, so you know. yeah, but that's Ben's view of Captain Marvel is not the same as everyone <laughs> else's, um, or, or not as extreme as anyway. Most films, it's better than most people. Exactly, I'm with you on that. What Age of Ultron? Um, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, you know that that was the end of of that kind of arc with Tony. Um, then you had, and you know the 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 bit with Spider Man and Pepper Potts that obviously started choking me up. Then you had the projection of him talking to his daughter, which was very similar to what he had, his dad had done with him that he later found out, and that was getting me all going because again, I think if you're uh, a parent or anything like that, it mm. it, it kind of gets you. But it was a bit just following that, which. I telegraphed I'm as soon as. To understand better. Huh? I'm gonna have to get kids to understand Endgame better. You don't get kids. <laughs> yeah, you can't just <laughs> make any kid. Pop down to Poundland. <laughs> well, no, you know, you know what's happened. You've seen what Madonna and uh, you know Angelina Jolie have done, and you just think you can hop on a plane to uh, yeah. a country that's in need of help and just pick a kid that you want it doesn't work always like that unfortunately no you have to go through like a tie bride or something first <laughs> yeah normally normally um but i mean as soon as as soon as uh she was sitting there with with uh happy hogan and uh he said the line about her she must be hungry i i, I in my head i'm going you're gonna say cheeseburgers please don't say cheeseburgers but i know you're gonna say cheeseburgers because that was obviously tony's thing yeah in the original iron man film and I, I was just a mess by that point. I couldn't breathe. I was all <laughs> bunged up. It was horrible. I couldn't blow my nose because that was going to be too loud. Um, so it was just, it was just pain after that bit till the film finished. One um, thing that strikes me with um, Happy is that he's act- the actor is actually di- the director of the original Iron Man. Film. Yes, well, the first two actually, yeah. but. We don't mention the second Iron Man film for the same reason we don't talk about Age of Ultron. I'll tell you um, this, because um, I got back home with about half four in the morning. That's another story. We got home about half four in the morning, and my youngest, five-year-old, was in the bed, and he was awake. Like, he was wide awake. I'm thinking, this is a one-tip time. I don't need you to be awake. So I've got to be up in three hours to take you to school. But he's <laughs> wide awake. So I'm trying to get him to go back to sleep sort of thing. And I dropped the line to him. I say to him, I say to him, I love you 3,000. And he's gone to me, that's not very much. <laughs> oh my god you, you just saying that I, I forgot that that's a line he says back to her oh my god when he says that he's, and the thing is again and, and also this is why your son reacted the way that he did that line without any context 
he's just fluff. It's yeah. nothing. That line with the context is everything. Absolutely heartbreaking. What didn't strike um, me when I was watching it, which I picked up from your um, review show with Ben, was the diff- the age difference with um, Hawkeye's um, daughter when when they came back. Ant Man's I'm Man's daughter. Ant Man's daughter. Hawk- sorry. Yeah. I, I hadn't I, that didn't register with me in the film. It was maybe just it won't. The night, but, but it won't. No, it won't have registered because you haven't seen Ant Man. Ant Man ah. was because yeah on house arrest. Civil War. Right, okay. As well as Hawkeye's also on House Arrest. So basically a lot of they the, see their thing of the film is him spending time with his daughter because he's on House Yeah. Okay. And and she's like nine or ten. And obviously he comes yeah. back and she's like a teenage, different actress. Yeah. You're like, oh. Um but yeah, and then and then so you know, people have kind of got their moments, um, and then you know, Cap is the one that kind of goes back in time. Now, I didn't, I didn't clock that what was going to happen was going to happen because I just wasn't that smart. Um, that he was actually going to use that, um, you know, him being in that quantum realm to be able to go back to first Peggy. thing I thought was something had gone wrong with the transfer, like when they were messing about with ages when they were first testing it out. But then right. I kind of slowly realised that no, he's actually just lived his life out, which which um, which does actually mirror a Star Trek episode. But I won't bring that up. <laughs> Shit, too late. Doesn't everything? <laughs> um, Simpsons did it. Um, but with, with that, I mean, so there's a very very brief and probably the worst Stanley cameo in a Marvel film. Yeah. In this film. Like I almost didn't uh, believe, like, understand that was the cameo until it actually, just as it was finishing, because it was so kind of quick and poor. It felt um, like the entire cinema missed it as well. There was no reaction I mean, like, whatsoever. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was um, when I went back to the seventies. Yeah. He was driving a car and he shouted at some hippies or something. He, he oh, shouted, right, "Making yeah, yeah. love, not war." Yeah. yeah. That was the Stanley cameo. So. Apparently. <laughs> Well, when when um, you know, I kind of worked out what had gone on, and there was suddenly an old man sitting, like just across from them. And um, you know, Bucky had obviously figured out what what Steve was going to do when he was taking back these stones, but no one else had. And when he was sat there, and I saw this old man, I was like, "Oh my god, please don't be Stanley, yeah. because I think <laughs> I might actually die." I think I might just have a heart attack and die right there and then. I don't think I can take this. And then he turned around, like, and then you kind of saw the face. You're like, okay. And you know, I was like, thank God that's not Stan Lee. But my first thought was, oh my God, they've got Clint Eastwood in this. Film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I honestly did. Yeah, and true. then, and then I saw, I started getting a realization. Oh, actually, no, it's it's just him either in, um, you know, up aging uh, effect or or makeup. I don't, you know, Ben thinks it's prosthetics. I'm not sure. But either way, it was pretty good. Um, and then you had the handover of the the shield to Falcon, who, let's be honest, has there been a worse Avenger than Falcon? War Machine. They get that moment in nah. Soldier. Nah, he's, he, 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 does, he does have a moment, but... Um, was it Civil War? Hmm. Well, anyway, th- yeah, he does have a moment in a film, but... Regardless, I think he's been pretty useless in all of the films. Um, and now he's going to be Captain America, which has been rumoured for quite a while anyway. 
that he was going to take over the, the shield. He did in the comics. Um, See, what I don't so, understand is, I mean, I've got nothing against the, the mantle being passed on to somebody else, but how does the, I mean, it's the power, how he, how the original Captain America got the power. How does that transfer to a new person? Because it's not in the shield, is it? No, it, we, he doesn't. He, he doesn't. He doesn't have the abilities that Steve Rogers does. And, you know, Steve Rogers had super serum, didn't he? Yeah. So he, he had, yeah. like, additional strength. He, he wasn't, he didn't necessarily have a superpower in the traditional sense, it just gets to wear the fucking big. So same thing, really. <laughs> yeah, and and also as well. I mean, the thing is, you know, you could have the same argument with Black Widow or Iron Man, yeah, um, or War Machine. Like none of these people actually had superpowers, but they had, um, you know, certain abilities, like certain fighting uh, training and, and stuff like that. Yeah. that made them a bit but, more. But with superior. Iron Man, it is all in the technology and the suit, which yeah. can be transferred to someone Absolutely. else. So can can, can they give Falcon the super serum? Basically, they have a brilliant moment mm, in Avengers no. where Iron Man and Captain America are facing off. This is just before the other um, carrier nearly goes down, um, where they're saying. Take off the suit. What are you? Mm. Billionaire, genius, scientist, playboy. That sort of brings to Captain America. What are you really without the super serum? Yeah, yeah, and that, and and we're gonna find out in a future yeah. film. Yeah. That's definitely where it's gonna go to. Um, and then you got the um, you know, like the final thing in the film, and I and I think, you know, although. You know, the series started with Tony Stark and Iron Man. Um, you know, the first Avenger was Captain America. Um, right. And so I think it was a nice way to finish off with, I mean, all right, it was a little bit of a, a kind of rip off or something like Up, I suppose. But, you know, going back and seeing him, you know, dance with Peggy in the in the 50s or whatever, I just thought was a nice way of tying up the film mm. um, and, and gave everyone a happy ending. It was the anti- um, Infinity War in that regard mm. but you know you left that film that, devastated as I was trying to explain time travel earlier the old Steve Rogers is alive in the same reality as uh, the Steve Rogers that led up to this point during the 2010s which means whilst he's off fighting in New York he's just got this person living out their days with Peggy so there's two Captain Americas in that timeline, basically. Yeah. But is that when you're following the Back to the Future logic? No. No. It, it, that that whole part about like when you when you're going back in time, that becomes you know your future becomes the actual past for that. No, that's why my head gets fucked Captain up. Americas. Yeah. We well, got to remember, like Captain America was frozen until what, 2010 or something. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. So years. actually, yeah. So actually. Steve Rogers could live his life. He's just got to keep Maybe his head down while Steve he's in Rogers. the wheelchair. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's it's completely plausible. Um, the only other thing I want to mention, because um, I, I don't think it gets enough love or attention, uh, actually two things. The first one is uh, how great it was when in that, in that final battle, uh, Captain America did get the hammer. Uh, the best uh, bit of the yeah. film. I didn't understand that. It's worthy. Oh, it, it yeah. Is, but somebody who's worthy can do we tried to pick it up in, in one of the Thor films, and it's still worthy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that does make sense now, but it was because I was assuming that it had to be Thor 
And yeah, I thought, no, there was. I think it might have been. Might have been Avengers. He tried to pick it. He actually moved. I think it. Yeah, I it think it might have been yeah. second. Through, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, Thor's always said that if you're, you know, the only people that can yeah. uh, wield it are those that are are worthy. And Thor did make reference to it because he did say, like, when when he got it, he said, "I I knew it." That was brilliant as well because it wasn't a case of like they could have done it anyway, but he wasn't shocked he did it. He was just so proud of his mate that finally he's been able to do it. I thought it was perfect yeah. reaction. Yeah, I think yeah. with um. I, I I I was speaking about uh, two Captain America. In Winter Soldier, I think Captain America and Peggy have the like final moments together before she dies, which means mm. that she's just got to keep her mouth shut so she knows that she's dying. Unless that's just an entirely different timeline, and that now it's this, but really complicated when you do time travel. Sorry, you learn that from Martin McFly. Yeah, <laughs> I did like um, it with Captain America that we got to see like so much from the comic books, even if it was just nods like the Hell Hydra, where they turned Captain America into the evil bad guy uh, that he was yeah. working with Hydra all the time. Uh, the thing with the hammer, like that happened in the comic, and again, like passing over to Falcon, like they did that a few years ago in the comic books. Mm. So it's nice that everything like tied in or gave a nod to what's been happening in that sort of universe. Speaking of Passovers, yeah. who do you think is going to be... I think someone else is going to take over the Iron Man mantle. Now, it's a long shot, but I have heard people saying it could be Mary Jane. No, no it's Pepper Potts. No, it's not even Pepper Potts. No. So um, in, the, in the funeral scene, uh, and it pans around to everybody... There's one person who everyone was like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> the punk kid. And, yeah, and it was the right. kid from Iron Man 3. I yeah. So in, in Iron Man 3, there's like this this bit of the story where this kid is is helping Tony um, rebuild the, the Iron Man suit that's just been destroyed. Mm. And ah, um, yeah, he little... said he was gonna he was gonna help him. And I think at the end of the film, um, he sent him a load of like of his equipment. So we can start playing around with it. Mm. So um, yeah, all, all kind of signs I think actually point to him taking over the the Iron Man role. Yeah, I know what you mean. Comic, but... I think he'll be Captain uh, Marvel though, surely. <laughs> they can't make it do everything. Nah, but because not... she was she was one of the leaders in the comic books. Um, kind of makes sense. It's her. There's other people that could bring in. Like it could also be Hawkeye. Um, could be Sam Wilson. I don't think it will be Sam Wilson. A lot of my knowledge of the comic books, the Marvel comic books, comes from um, well, this big Marvel encyclopedia of characters. Yeah. Uh, so one of Hawkeye kind of becomes Ronin in this film. Mm. Yeah, he was never called Ronin, but yes, effectively he did. And yeah. Then I think if you're talking about that kid from Iron Man three, I think he might become Iron Lad. Iron Lad. <laughs> oh, wonderful! Lad, lad. We could have. We could then have an Iron Lady. Uh, yeah, I, I think we've all <laughs> had that one. She, listen, she ain't coming <laughs> back. <laughs> Yorkshire would not be happy if the Iron Lady come back. It's she one won't thing be for bringing turning. back Gamora, but you can't bring back Thatcher. <laughs> she won't be for she won't be for turning, that's for sure. Um although if they want another massive villain, 
why not bring Thatcher back? Um, the only other thing I wanted to bring up as well, just because you know I do think this has really been overlooked, is just um, how wonderful it was that on New Asgard, um, Korg and Meek had uh, survived from Ragnarok. Yeah, I have been giving out just one small spoiler as a, a sort of <laughs> so almost just... a joke spoiler, but it's an actual real spoiler kind of. Uh, that there's Fortnite in Endgame. I've just been saying that to people that I know are about to see it, and they don't know if I'm joking or not because they don't trust Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> and also, of course, um, I mean, I don't play Fortnite because um, I'm I'm not 12, but um, sorry to anyone listening. This gets 50 listeners. No, no you're I'm not playing Fortnite. Not. Um, but, um, of course... 50 listeners. By the way, I like how the fact that when you gave out your foghorn about the no spoilers, anyone yeah. who's now watched the film is probably now rejoining the podcast now. Because no this one's has gone on. This podcast. No, 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 no. No, no. no one, no one is listening to this podcast episode. It's got spoilers in the title. It will have spoilers in the title. No one is listening to this podcast episode if they haven't seen the film. Even Craig, who will listen to Craig? almost anything I put out. Um, He's not listening to his podcast until tomorrow, and it is, I know it is killing him because is he really wants to listen how, to these. How sold out everywhere is like, Mrs. tried to go yeah. today, she was looking between like the hours of four and five. So, there were so many screeners. We live by so many cinemas. I'm looking yeah. at six different cinemas, and every single one was completely sold out. And yeah, that's we, about three or four screenings per cinema. We had trouble parking, like, it was just mental number of cars, like at the, the cineplex that we've got. It's crazy. I, I, yeah, I read some. I, I read on. Uh, it might have been Box Office Mojo yesterday. I'm just going to go on and now see if there's been any updates. But um, there was something. Uh, I, I think it was like Fandango or something. One of the American ticketing sites was saying that they had, had Fandango. Uh, he's been out injured for ages, hasn't he? <laughs> da, 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 um, that they'd had uh, five five thousand screenings sold out in America. Wow. I know that Which is at just the midnight amazing because we did it quite last minute. We could only get you know how they usually have like four or five rows at the front, like behind the barrier. But it might be different in different. This is just our. Like, we could only get third row. <laughs> wow. Okay. But yeah. it feels like IMAX if you're that close. I was going to say, I mean, I, I went to IMAX, but I was sat right in the middle because I bought my tickets like day they come out. I'm but, tempted to yeah. go back and watch the 4DX tomorrow, actually, because I've got to go into Aberdeen. See, this is right. So this is this is a thing because Ben got very excited when I told him it was available in Screen X as well as 4DX. I don't, I, I quite like 4DX, but three hours of 4DX, I think, is, is just going to do me in. Yeah, yeah. I know because uh, I think the. I think I've been to two 4DX scenes, Jumanji and uh, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider was like quite an endurance run, especially in the rapids bit because they start spraying water at you and you're rocking up <laughs> during the storm and sort of thing. Mental. But with that, like the moment it explodes, especially if you're not expecting it, the Avengers HQ is going to be fucking. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Ancient. I saw um, Solo and uh, How to Train a Dragon 3 in 4DX, and both were really good experiences, but mainly because 
of the amount of like flying sequences, and they do flying sequences very well. I, I would far rather IMAX than anything else. Or well, no, actually, there, there is one more format which is um, above that for me is the uh, the one that Odeon do down at Glasgow, the deluxe screen, which has the Dolby Atmos. That, that's Dolby Dolby Atmos is uh, and and Dolby Vision as well. Um, which not many places do. That's is, the 3D, is the isn't it? Tech. Yeah. Um, Dolby Vision is either 3D or HDR, really. Yeah. Uh, it can be either. I know um, I know the Dolby 3D is far superior to the real D because they use like the color wheel rather than the mm-hmm. polarized light. Sorry, Geek, Geek City. Sorry. Shut up now. <laughs> I, 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 I actually do some work with Dolby. Right. Or I've, I've done some work with Dolby, so I've been to their... Um, own their private screening room oh. at their HQ in Soho, and um, I mean, yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> incredible, um, as you can you can imagine. So, um, just as an update uh, on uh, Endgame and how it's doing at the moment, um, uh, uh, it's opening day in America. The early estimate was one hundred and fifty six point seven million dollars. In its opening day, um, I think that is about fifty million more than uh, the current holder, which was the Force Awakens, uh, which is just incredible. Um, that must be more they, than the, more than the daily profit at uh, Walt Disney World, is it? Just about, yeah, just about. Um, they, it's looking. the The estimate is that we're going to get a three hundred million dollar. Uh, American um, gross by by Monday, um, and it's already done four hundred eighty seven million by the end of Friday internationally. So we're looking at almost a billion dollars yeah. uh, opening weekend. Yeah. It's got. I predicted next Thursday, but it, it's probably going to happen quicker than that. Yeah, it's got ten number ones on it. It's got like the fastest two hundred million, fastest two hundred fifty million, route one out of all of them. Out of all no, I've never seen. I'm I've never gonna... seen this before, but um, I've actually got the UK uh, results and from the first few yeah, days. Twenty-seven million. I'm just popping out for a second. Yeah. <laughs> twenty-seven million is that UK? Twenty-seven million dollars is that good for for the UK? For or? the UK, yeah, yeah it's yeah. released here. Um, yeah. I, I, I opening weekend of a big film in in the UK could be anywhere between ten and twenty million yeah. mm-hmm. for the weekend. And that's cool. a big release. Do you see China? So, yeah, but it's China, isn't it? Two hundred seventeen point four million. China opened on Wednesday though, so it's got yeah. a few extra days on on everyone else. But yeah, three day total of two hundred seventeen. Um, wow, on course to be their biggest record uh, opener as well. Um, just incredible. I mean. Uh, the current holder is still um, Avatar at two two point five billion. Mm. I think Force Awakens was two point two billion. Um, I I personally don't think it's going to beat it. I said this on the first episode purely because of the competition it's it's got. Avatar yeah. had nothing for three months. This yeah. has got films Plus, coming out every. Avatar week. came out at a, an ideal moment with the three D gimmick that kind of made it. You know. Because uh, mm. it didn't really oh. have any any competition in the 3D market that much at the at the time, and everybody wanted to see 3D, you know, which is why we got all those shitty post conversions three months later. Yeah, although I um, must say I, I do think that there is one post conversion that does work really well, and that's Titanic. But apart from that, I've not seen a good one. 
I've not. I've, I've. I actually own it, and I've never watched it. It's, it was one of those impulse buys. I, I don't actually feel it. It look to me. It doesn't look like a conversion. It looks like it's filmed in three D. So I don't know how he he's done it. He's obviously spent a lot of time on it. But um, I've got uh, the first Jurassic Park they did in three D, and that is actually really good. Right. Um, and Gravity is another one that was post converted. That is actually is it really very very good. Yeah, wasn't filmed in three D. Um, but you wouldn't know it, no, because it is that good. But mm. yeah, I, I agree. A lot of so it can be done. Are bloody awful. <laughs> oh yeah, it just needs time and money, and most of the time studios don't. I, I see actually another one, Terminator Two, right in three D. I went to see that when it got re released, and that was really really good as well, actually. Mm. Um, and it's what Cameron would have wanted to do, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it took him. I think he spent three years getting that converted. So yeah, yeah, time and money. Um, but yeah, I mean. Time will tell. I mean, I, I would love this to to knock it off the top, um, but we'll have to see what happens. The fact that it's it's doing so much so soon is good, but it'll be interesting to see what the drop off is yeah. after. I'm going to go and see it again next week. Um, I didn't think I'll, I could see it any earlier than that. Just my own mental state. I think I'll have recovered by that point, and I'll won't be able to cry so much. Um, that's that's the thing. I, I I don't. I saw Infinity War three times at the cinema. Why did you say you saw it four times? Four times. Four time. Um. So I mean, I don't. I don't see myself going back to see this one that many times, and not because it's not a good, as good a film, just because of the type of film it is. You can't take it. <laughs> yeah. Just just can't just can't take it. Um. So there you go. I can do Star Trek references. <laughs> um and really shit Scottish accents. Very well. Uh, only Mr. D was here. Um but yeah, I, I suppose time will tell if it actually does you know, do the business. Indeed. Uh, is there anything that anyone else wanted to bring up mention before we wrap up? Captain America's bum. <laughs> I mean, I've got to be honest, I'd never really paid that much attention to it, but it was almost hypnotising by the end. Let's face it, if it was really the arse of America, it would be about twice the size. And it'd be orange. Mm, true. Does anyone Does anyone else think as well that, although like Ant-Man's thing is, is the fact that he goes in the quantum realm and all this kind of stuff, does anyone actually think Paul Rudd has actually done it in real life? Because the man's 50 years old. Well, gone into the quantum realm. realm. Uh, I, anything I see Paul Rudd in, though, I, I, I just don't. It doesn't look real unless he's smoking a spliff for some reason. <laughs> wasn't that wasn't that like one film? What was that? Oh, Days and Confused. No, yeah. Pineapple Express. <laughs> <laughs> the base. Oh my god! It's one of the few references I do get. Um, yeah, no, it is good. let's just think about him. I don't understand how he, he looks so young. I really, I really don't know. But I Samuel Jackson is seventy this year. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Who's that? Well, Samuel L. Jackson. See, that's the thing. From now on, now that we've seen like the Michael Douglas young version, the the Fury and um, Coulson young versions, we can't now trust any age that we see on screen. This, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a valid point. Actually, that is a valid point. But also, black don't crack. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely that as well. I tried to just go through the scenes in my head to just see if there's anything that 
Actually, I tell a lie, uh, Samuel L. Jackson is 71 this year. He was 70 in December of last year. Oh, I didn't send him a card. Bastard. Um, I remember that. I don't think you've mentioned anything about when they go to uh, Asgard. No, uh, just 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 about Korg and Meek, but yeah, where where do we think that was? My wife is con- my wife is convinced it was Cornwall. No, it's Scotland. It it's Norway. No, it's city and city and harbour in Scotland or something. It's it looked like Scotland to me. If you look at the credits, I mean, they did film. Think, they did film in Scotland. They did film in Scotland. We said something yeah. about a harbour as well. Would it be? I think Theo's talking coach. about the actual Asgard rather than the no, but new I, Asgard. on the sign like "Welcome to New Asgard." It's Oh, that right. Oh, it was it was twins. I actually thought it, it was Penan, yeah. but it's not. I don't think it. It did look Scottish to me, but yeah, it was twin. It was twinned with something. I did notice um, in the credits it said something about Cove Bay in Scotland, but I don't know if that was that scene. Someone, someone will listen down somewhere on the internet, won't they? Well, they filmed. I mean, they filmed obviously some of Infinity War in Edinburgh, didn't they? So, we and they filmed back to back, so we know that they were filming in Scotland. Yeah, it is in Scotland. The the actual filming location is in Scotland, but I think canonically it is in Norway. Mm, I don't know. I, I didn't really pay attention to everyone else that was talking. Actually, if they had any accents or anything, I don't think anyone's actually said anything. No, just, Valkyrie. just uh, watching Hulk when he came up and the the, the, the jeep jumping up and down at the front end. Oh, and the, and the fact they played the fucking Kinks. Oh. I, I, think that, I, I think there was someone in the background shouted out, "Do you want some bar brew?" Whilst munching on a battered Mars bar. <laughs> well, there was there was a bottle of Iron Brew, wasn't there? <laughs> there was a bottle of favorite. Iron Brew in Thor's in Thor's cottage. That's my favourite part of Infinity War when they're in Edinburgh. It just. And they're not doing this as a joke. I imagine that was just a real sign that was there when they were filming. Oh, it yeah. Deep fried Mars bars was it, is it just me? Or yeah. see, when I first moved up here, uh, does fish supper mean something else down south? We don't really use fish supper. Mm, uh, fish right. supper to I'd, me is fish and, just I'd, literally I'd, fish and chips. Yeah. Well, I, I know that up here, but when I first heard it, I nearly pissed myself laughing because I'm sure it was something else down south <laughs> to me. <laughs> are you talking? Are you talking about oral sex? Well, oh for goodness! Sake. <laughs> I was trying to dance of... around it, yeah, I suppose. But <laughs> fucking, you don't you, you get Craig off of an episode of a podcast, and someone still Craig's it right up. There's um, no escape. Are you talking about oral sex? <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, that is that is something special. Craig will cherish that impression for the rest of his life. <laughs> I think. Um, Look, you live in the land of the munchie box, so, you know, deep-fried deep Mars bars, you know, it's it's just one of those things, isn't it? What was it I watched the other day that I swear it had a cameo voiceover from Craig? Ah, oh, I can't remember. Psych about the it's Beatles. almost a tank engine. <laughs> <laughs> Only the old ones, though, not the new ones. Oh, well, any listeners, answers on the postcard, please, the usual address. It was a cinema thing. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, I'm, a Simon... couple, I'm a couple of cans in now, so sorry. Oh, that's, the, that's the way to do one of these podcasts. <laughs> um, Simon, anything from yourself? No, no. no? Uh, I think you covered everything. That was on my mind. You had 
we've figured out the question there. I would add in my head. Ish. We figured it yeah. out. Ish. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get a proper answer to that, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul, Theo, anything from yourselves? No, I think I'm ready. I'm, I'm definitely going back, I think, tomorrow to see it again. I've, I've had my appetite whetted. Um, yeah. Either that or it's an Ant-Man double bill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you do. I mean, I, I do recommend seeing both of them. They are they are pretty good. Um, I still I'll, I'll always wonder what um, Edgar Wright's Ant Man would be like. Like I said yesterday, but um, you know, take that out of it. They are they are fun films, if nothing else, and it will fill in some gaps for you from Hellboy, uh, Endgame, and Infinity War. Hellboy, 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 that was it. There's a cameo from Craig in Hellboy. There you go. So you probably won't see it anyway. <laughs> I'll see it. I'll see it Sunday. I just. <laughs> Even even with a free pass, wasn't going to go and see it at the cinema. Um, <laughs> finally, why to anything from you, mate? Before we go, yeah, go on, I'll say this quickly. So, because I think with especially the Oscar movies and the movies that won Best Picture in the last like what ten, even twenty years, there's never really been like an epic movie or anything like that, and they've always been forgotten about by the following year. And you know, the, everyone always says, "Oh, there's no more epic movies or great films made like you know, like *The Godfather* and stuff like that." But what a time to be alive! You know, to be alive yeah. during the time when they made this series of movies, and like to be this sort of perfect age. You know, the kids—they're too young for it to really appreciate all that's happened. What a great time for movies! I think historically, the MCU is going to be at least up there with the Star Wars saga. Yeah, I think it's. So, I think for it's me, passes. it's surpassed it, yeah. But. Yeah, yeah I, fuck I, Star Wars. We was, <laughs> I don't say that. We were talking <laughs> We were talking right at the beginning when we we, we first started recording and um, the, the kind of, the nearest equivalent I can think of in terms of like scale, really, isn't Star Wars or Potter. It's it's Bond. And they're making 25 next year. Yeah. And the MCU have made 22 in 11. Is that Idris Elba doing that now? Yeah. No, no, it's still well, Daniel Craig. Good. It's his last one. Oh, right, okay. Craig. Yeah, and then well, Freddie Mercury Elba could be it when he's 60. Freddie Mercury's playing the villain. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they've reanimated him. They're using the Marvel technology to, uh, to project his face on somebody. And he's he's going to inject the world with AIDS. <laughs> oh my god oh, it really on. is like Craig is on here yeah, I was on you the fuck it, I was at the tribute gig man <laughs> come on <laughs> oh this this turned dark very very late um, well thank you all for, for joining I'm hoping this will be the last episode I do about Endgame I was oh, going to say I hope it's the last time we're on <laughs> no 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 not at all no I can see this is going to be the start of more isn't it but um <laughs> I was going to say this is going to be the last time I talk about Endgame, but then I remembered that we're recording Disaster Dark on Monday, mm-hmm. and by that point everyone would have seen it. But there'll, there'll be no spoilers. At least there'll be it'll be quite quick. Um, but no, thank you all for joining. It's been a delight having you all on, um, you. even with that last joke. And um, yeah, thank you, and uh, thank you, dear listener, if you've made it this far through between part one and part two of these podcasts this has now outrun the entire length of endgame and almost infinity war so uh you know maybe maybe watch those films when they come out on blu-ray maybe stick them on and uh stick these podcasts on you know a bit like that pink floyd wizard of oz thing and just see how close you get um but uh yeah until the next pop after that thank you very much thank you
This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.